Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. This is a pre-E3 predictions podcast. This time we're specifically talking about Microsoft slash Xbox. As always, I'm joined by Jordan. Greetings, Earthlings. It is and great to be here with you. <laughs> the pause got me. I was I was like, oh, is he done? Um, and Dom. Praise this not son praise phil spencer today Praise phil spencer um and returning this year for e3 once again we have blessing yeah what's up what's up back again i don't remember last year you were you were on but i don't know if it was microsoft maybe it was nintendo oh I know you've done yeah a couple of them i just don't remember it might have been man last year i can't remember what it was last year might have been nintendo maybe ubisoft i don't know you've been on i think every year we've done them i just i don't know if you've ever done the same one twice so it's kind of hard you kind of jump around yeah which is cool you're kind of open to multiple ones we're not doing a square enix agnostic over here (laughs) exactly we're not doing a square enix one this year because i just couldn't find anybody that was interested enough to do it this was before the avengers announcement and Mm. i think even before maybe the final fantasy remake tease of the state of play so it's like i just couldn't find anybody so unfortunately that gets lost in the weeds but we are going to be talking about Microsoft, uh, the biggest and probably most exciting conference out of all of them in terms of what we don't know we're going to see. Uh, obviously, we have some ideas of first-party stuff, but in terms of third-party, uh, we don't know. So let's hop into it. We're going to be going over first what they showed last year at E3 that relates to this year's E3 briefing. And uh, let's start off with Halo Infinite. So this opened last year's show. Uh, it was a tease that we didn't really know was Halo at first. It kind of showcased the world and the environments. It showed uh, some cave paintings. It showed some weird like deer creatures, some rhinos with like split tusks. For the longest time, people didn't know what it was. And then we eventually got the reveal of Master Chief holding his helmet, staring off into the empty void of this planet. And uh, it was revealed that it was Halo Infinite. We got the news that it's on a new engine, the Slipspace engine. I guess for this game, we're all assuming it's going to be, at the very least and the earliest, a launch title for the next generation of Xbox. What I want to know from you guys is, with Gears 5, which we'll talk about later, coming out this year, how much do you guys think we'll see of Halo Infinite? Do you guys think it'll be a cinematic trailer? Do you think we'll hear about what type of game it is? Because there are rumors and rumblings that this is maybe a reimagining of what a, a halo game can be you know open world maybe focusing on exploration and not so much on corridor to corridor uh shooting i just want to know from you guys what do you expect to see from halo infinite i guess we'll start with you blessing uh so i'm not the biggest like halo guy so i'm not sure like like i'm i'm familiar with uh halo as far as what it's brought to console first person shooter games and like uh, it, like it's arena based and all this stuff, right? But as far as like what they can bring to kind of bring life back to the series and freshen up the series, because I feel like with the last few installments, uh, I think Halo Five was the last one, if I yes. remember correctly. Yeah, I, I feel like you've seen sort of a not decay because I feel like Halo Five was still relatively like well received, but you see, you've kind of seen the effect of. Uh, the further you've got you, you get in a franchise, the less kind of special it becomes, and the more like I like I've there are complaints about the narrative and kind of the the direction they took that in. Um, and apparently the multiplayer was good, but it, it Halo Five didn't necessarily like blow up the world. And I don't know if that was the fault of the game itself or the, the platform of Xbox One not necessarily being, um, I guess not necessarily selling enough uh, in order to make like in order to uplift Halo. Yeah. And so for Halo Infinite, like. If I had to predict what it'll be, like I, I assume it would be a, a, like a refresh of. I don't, I don't know if I would say like 
a story reboot. I don't know if they're going back to like Halo One or anything like that. But it, as far as like mechanics uh, in the game itself, I expect it to be kind of like a, um, I guess a refresh more so than a reboot. Um, but also, I I expect something new. I expect something une- unexpected. Is the thing because I feel like first person shooters today have kind of taken a different direction from where they've been. Like shooters are always like first person shooters always, has always been like a growing and evolving genre. Uh, from like the like from arena shooters to like stuff like Call of Duty to now Battle Royale, and so I don't know if that means Halo Infinite is gonna have a Battle Royale mode. I think that could be cool, um, but I do think we'll see something new. I don't know if it'll be like something like like a major mechanic change or like the the change of the format of Halo uh, um, as we know it. But I expect something. I expect a big change. Yeah, I mean it. It probably won't be a story re- reboot necessarily. But uh, Dom, there was actually a studio head who said um, that they felt it was a spiritual reboot in a lot of ways. It was self-described hmm. as that. Um, do you do you agree with Blessing that this is going to possibly take the franchise in a refreshing new direction? What do you expect from Halo Infinite? Yeah, that's what they got to try to do, right? Um, I mean, that's kind of what we saw with like God of War. Um, it kind of was on, along the same path, right? Like the last, I think, one or two entries before the you know before PS4 God of War. Kind of were getting stale, and people, yeah, weren't looking uh, upon them as as well as the originals, right? So I think that's kind of the same trajectory trajectory um, they want to follow with Halo. So I think they got to do something markedly different, um, game design wise. But still, obviously, it's still got to be Halo, and they obviously made it a point to show, like, yeah, Master Chief is your your main guy. Um, it's part of that, that. That was part of the complaint with Halo Five was. Um, very Luck. little time was actually spent with Chief, yeah. So in that first Infinite trailer, I think there wasn't much to the trailer except the fact that kind of them pointing out, like, yeah, we got Chief. And maybe you'll see his face finally because he doesn't have his helmet. I don't know. Yeah. But I don't know exactly what that direction is or how they, you know, we could speculate on that a lot. But in, in general, yeah, I think it, they're going to have to do something pretty different. What is it, like the uh, legendary ending of Halo 4 that you see his face, Jared? I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It's that's one of those. That's one of those um, things where like you never see his face, but it's like, what do you expect? It's just gonna be uh, some white a, dude, a, <laughs> a white dude with a good jawline, and you know what I mean? Like, what's yeah. he supposed to look a like? Two thousand seven video game protagonist. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, they there was actually another interview where they talked about that Halo Five Guardians was actually subtitled because they wanted to move away from the numbered entries. Do you think that's right. just a way of being able to? you know set expectations correctly do you think it is a way to if you remove the numbers you have a better opportunity to have a type of spiritual reboot right and move away from the set narrative that you've put in place with the first five numbered entries what do you think about that and then moving away to subtitles as opposed to numbers um on purpose um i don't know i just i think that like with infinite they're trying to say a lot of things clearly with that title, with that marketing, with them showing the um, clearly the openness of it that it's going to have, and like all the different wildlife is is about exploration. I think that they're showing that um, to show that there's going to be um, oh the places you'll go type of thing. Like they're trying to get you hyped off exploration, so. Um, and then what you said about, um, you know, taking away the numbers and adding the subtitles as we, <coughs> excuse me, move on 
into this next generation that's always kind of a big thing with the generational jumps is um, not trying to alienate people if it's you know the seventh eighth game in a franchise or something like that so yeah uh, I guess next we'll hop into later we'll talk about a different from software game that might be coming to the show and it's been rumored and speculated um, but for the time being uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice was cryptically teased at the 2017 Game Awards. We got that short video uh, of like this weird spinning like bone mechanic thing, uh, like mechanism. We didn't really know what it was. People assumed it was an arm. We didn't know because it was like very close-up shot of it. Uh, obviously, the, the trailer ended with it saying Shadows Die Twice and from Software's logo. That was later revealed to be Sekiro. It was revealed at last year's Xbox briefing. Do you think there's any chance that we see DLC this close to release, or is that a pipe dream at this point? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out and, be, and say just I don't think so because of the other thing. A, of the DLC because just because they have, I mean, if Microsoft has, they've already increased the length of this show, right? And like you were saying, they have so many options probably of different publishers, you know, that maybe otherwise would have been at Sony's show, like looking for. That the, the E3 presence, right? So I think Microsoft has a lot of options for what they want to show and only so much time. So I don't know that they'll use it for just a DLC. Yeah, and the one thing to clarify as well for people of them being like, well, if the other rumored thing is going to show up, why would they show two from things? Sekiro is published by Activision. The other project is rumored to be published by Bandai Namco. So it's a different publishers wanting to be a part of a show. So there is a possibility. But to your point, it could be, why would they just want to show DLC, right, during this uh big broadcast of new i mean it's gotta unless it's your own your own publishing like if it was bethesda at their conference they would show their own games dlc but it would have to be really substantial like like the monster hunter dlc kind of big to be shown at an xbox type of conference i think yeah and and the the from dlc's never really hit that um size or scale right so it makes sense uh blessing or jordan anything you want to add about the possibility of Sekiro dlc at the xbox briefing I, I'm like fifty fifty on it. I'm I'm not sure. Like, how how soon did we see Bloodborne's DLC, for example? Like that after was a while. Out. Yeah. Was because I would Almost expect them to be working on a similar timeline. Months. Ten months. Yeah. So, I, and I guess if like if the DLC came out ten months later, that it wouldn't be unusual, I guess, to or maybe I don't know. Like doing a trailer, like say the DLC right now is six months out. Uh, would a trailer at E3, um be the way to go to show it off I and mean, i guess quick, that would depend on like how big the dlc is quick question sorry to interrupt you when did bloodborne come out it was march 2015 right yes it was either it was february or march yeah, yeah and then the dlc i think was december so it was so it was uh I'm, i would looked up when it was announced the first expansion was announced in september like right before yeah. then like two yeah, months it was before that, it came yeah. out yeah right. so i would i mean i would probably say based on that i think if if we can expect to get DLC from the fall, we'll probably see it revealed later on. Yeah. Now, I mean, there is an argument to be made about it being Activision published, right? And Activision maybe being uh, a little bit more straightforward with getting those DLC announcements out earlier, you know, and kind of setting up the marketing for them. But who knows? It's just weird to see a From Software game uh, published by Activision to begin with. Um, and luckily, there wasn't any weird microtransaction stuff going on with the game which we feared right dom when this game was first revealed to be published Literally by activision no connection online <laughs> exactly nothing yeah no micro yeah just a straight up single player game through and through 
Published by Activision. Next up, this is a game that was recently uh, announced to be showing up at E3 once again via um, CFDs does this really cool thing, well, rare technically, where the lead producer on the game has weekly updates that they upload to YouTube where they engage with the community, which is really great. And the game's seen um, a prolonged success because of it. It launched, was content light, people had some issues with it, but it's had a steady uh, player base and it's been constantly improving and adding updates. They recently released their anniversary update, which added the multiplayer arena mode where you can battle in ships with people and it really doesn't really focus on the world exploration or adventures. It's more so just the ship-to-ship combat. And they also added Tall Tales, which is um, their version of story quests. So Tall Tales is kind of the overall thing that encompasses all of the story quests for specific updates, right? So when a new update comes out, they'll have stuff in Tall Tales that are specified towards the new expansion. But Tall Tales is like the overall system that encompasses all of the story quests. Um, Do you guys think maybe we'll see uh, one of those uh, community-driven hey, are games flourishing kind of things where we have a player base that loves it, come join us, hop in? Or do you think we'll maybe see a roadmap for the future, maybe both? What do you guys expect from Sea of Thieves? Anything? I expect both. I think, okay. like, yeah. when, when Sea of Thieves first launched, I was very apprehensive about it, and I, I, I was pretty down on it uh, for a while. Now from the outside looking in and seeing the updates they've been giving and seeing that, like, there's a community there that's been sticking with it, I think they're going to want to communicate that to the audience and be like, hey, like, we like see if these. I don't. I don't even think they'll do. I don't even think they'll like say that like it had a rough launch or anything like that. And I think they'll no. stay away from that because it wasn't. Oh, it yeah. wasn't rough enough that they had to acknowledge it. But I think they'll say like the like year one of CFDs has been has been a journey. Uh, we went from um we went from base launch to to the adding this this and this. We've seen a community people grow here. Uh, and we want to com- continue to cater to that community. Uh, and with that, we're launching blank at blank. Um, and whether like it's a huge expansion or whether it's like a new um i think they, they they announced like a new multiplayer mode right like a new competitive mode i think recently. arena yeah that was when yeah, they came arena, up with the yeah. anniversary update yeah yeah and so i think we'll um i think we'll see more from and maybe not a new mode but maybe like yeah a, like more story quests um a, a big expansion new dlc i think we'll i think we'll see something well and i think this is going to be the Game Pass flagship title for a while because it is an ongoing thing and it, it always has value in Game Pass for people, right? So the more they update it, the more value is in there for people to continue subscribing to Game Pass. One of the cool things that I think is there's a possibility of is it was around E3 last year. I don't remember the exact date, but they said that if you logged in, you unlocked a figurehead, which is the ornament that goes on the front of the ships of Banjo-Kazooie, and I logged in last year and I got it. I don't really play Sea of Thieves that much right now, but if I do hop in, I'm just happy that I have that Banjo at the front of my ship, and it's really cool, and it pays homage to, obviously, Rare's history. So maybe there'll be something like that this year, too, with, like, uh, a Conquer ornament or something. Who knows? Something weird. <laughs> Perfect Dark, which would be, like, world-breaking. Um, yeah, it's just it's cool, like, this game, you know, and For Honor. There's games that we don't really talk about, but they have these built-in audiences, and they can continue thriving based on the hardcore uh, player base that they've built. And like I said, I do appreciate that they have those weekly community updates because I think that helps in large part to uh, build a community and keep them focused on wanting to return to your game. The Pirate Legend thing's cool too. I don't know if you guys are too familiar with it, but depending on 
how much time you spend in Sea of Thieves and all of the things you accomplish, you can reach like pirate legend status. So they've Rare has actually went in taken those characters and made them legends in the game with like different hmm. environmental storytelling of you know this pirate like was a, a legend and he died here on this island and they have like little um, objects that kind of tell the story of him. So you can kind of get if you're okay. dedicated enough to see a thieves, you can be represented in the game and it kind of pays off to be committed to it. It's really cool. I have a question about a game that um, I'm trying to think if it's Microsoft related. It's like fantasy realistic looking people though and the dude goes into like an arena scenario and fights a dragon. I know this is like super vague but the trailer came out within the last year. You know what I'm talking about Jared? A guy gets uh, I got I need more so of it's this. just it's like a it's like a knight and he goes into uh, like a broken down stone arena and there's this dragon and then there's of course voiceover just like any other video game trailer um, fuck was this at Microsoft the only Post thing here? I can think of that's similar is Babylon's fall but it's I not Babylon's fall from okay. Square Enix I remember that no God, clue man what no idea yeah. I don't know yeah you're on an island. So, uh, not speaking of dudes entering random coliseums of dragons, Cuphead. Uh, last year we got the the tease of the Delicious Last Course, which is a DLC that's going to be introducing the game's first playable female character, Miss Chellis, who seems to be sporting a double jump. That was kind of teased at the end of it. It's dated for 2019. No release date yet. Um, we do know that it's coming to Xbox first. Obviously, it's made its way over to Switch, so it's likely going to be going there as well. Somewhere near release. Um, I guess with the 2019 release date, there's not much to ask you guys. I guess my only question is, and we'll get into some of these more indie, smaller titles for Xbox. Do you think we might see a return of a Summer of Arcade-style lineup? Not necessarily a name or a marketing program, but a lineup of like you know four or five games coming out relatively near each other week by week. They did it last year with Ashen, Below, and a couple of other titles where week after week they were coming out um, for retail and in Game Pass at the same time. Do you think we'll see something like that this year? Last year, was it was that uh, the winter of Arcade, arcade that they did? Yep, exactly. Was, so was that successful? Because I feel like... Um, like they they pulled it off, right? And I remember I remember Ashen and Below and those games coming out, but I can't remember if those games like got any reception. And I don't know if it's because of that release structure, because um, I feel like Below was a game that was highly anticipated by so many people. Um, and a Ashen, I know like a few people are looking forward to Ashen, um, but I feel like those games all coming out close to one another uh, in the like in De I think it was December in December might have might have been a disservice. Um, and so I'm like, I'm not sure if they'd want to repeat that again, or I don't know if they like if they even see that as a thing. Like, I don't know if to them they they would uh, see it as a success or not. Um, but I think like, I think whether or not we see it will be based on like what the last one, um, how that paid off for them. Like if they if if they saw it as, as a success, I think they'll 100% do it again. But if they if they saw how those games did and didn't necessarily like vibe with that, then I think they might. They might ditch it. Well, and I mean, to that point, uh, Xbox obviously paid some portion of money to have them launch in Game Pass as well. So mm -hmm. who's to say that maybe, you know, the writing on the wall for those games was they weren't expecting to sell a whole lot, but Game Pass actually gave them the financial mm -hmm. backing to continue. So, yeah, it's, that could be it too. Yeah, I think it's 
to your point of it being successful, I don't. I think it was successful for Xbox no matter what because they were on Game Pass at launch, right? Which is added value. I think it's was it was it value and worth it for the developers, right? And developers do talk to one another, so I wouldn't be surprised if there were conversations of possibly being in a program like this and maybe they wanted to hear from the people who participated last year, like you said, to see whether or not it was worth it in the long run. So, who knows? Hmm. I think, to your point, I think the Winter of Arcade wasn't great for those games, not because they were part of a program that they released week after week. I think it's because they released in December, you know? Yeah. Because they released, like... I mean, obviously they weren't on Switch, but it's just a weird day after, uh, if you're not like a huge title to release after Black Friday and stuff. I don't know. It just seems like they were maybe sent out to die um, in that date. Who knows? Uh, Dom, Jordan, anything to say about uh, a possible winter or summer of arcade? I got some predictions about this, so okay. I'm going to hold off. <laughs> uh, another game that could possibly be in this lineup at some point is Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Obviously, this is the follow-up to Ori and the Blind Forest. Uh, We initially saw it in 2017. They had that piano entrance, um, which was beautiful on stage, where they announced the game. Last year, they showed off a little bit more of the narrative uh, of you protecting this little owl. Um, And they showed off the what seems like the primary antagonist of the game, which looked like a skeleton owl or something like that. It looked very crazy and uh, uh, metal to some extent. Um, This is also slated for 2019. Summer, fall seems likely... Do you think it'll hit before the big fall rush? Do you think it'll hit somewhere in the middle? What do you guys expect from Ori and the Will-O-Wisps and its release date? I guess a follow-up, too, if you guys don't really have much to say about the release date. Do you think this will come to Switch or the first one coming to Switch? Definitely possible coming to Switch. I It's one of those things that could go either way. Now that Cuphead's over there, I would say probably yeah. Biggest thing is release date, Jared. I think we're going to get it August or September. Man, that'd be. I, think I would we, love July. July would be dope, but that's like July. Would be awesome. I think that's even possible, man. I think you could possibly get July. Like, I think. I mean, I think any time between them saying out now and December, I think is on the table. I think this game can come out any time within this <laughs> yeah. year. Um, Do shadow I, I, drop would be dope. It wouldn't yeah, happen, I, but <laughs> I, th- I think I think there's a there's a good possibility that they could just drop it at E3 because like that conference is jam packed with stuff. Mm. Like they're. I think they're gonna they're they're trying to go hard this year, especially since Sony isn't there. And I think a way that you like really like drop the mic is by saying, "Or in the Blind Forest was a su- success when we dropped it. Um, it. It took the it took um, the Xbox audience by storm. Today we're gonna drop." Um, Ori and the Will of the Wisps um, right after this conference. It, it's on Game Pass, all that stuff. Um, and I think that'll I think that'll make people go crazy. And I think that'll be that'll definitely be headlines. Uh, and I think oh. it's the kind of game you could do it with too, because that game. It's, that's not like the kind of kind of game you make and put out there in order to like sell like FIFA units or something like that. Like that's a game <laughs> that, you, that you that you make and put out there um, because people will flock to it and people uh, people who are into the eco- ecosystem and uh, and into video games uh, in general are going to want to uh, play it and try it out. And so I don't think that needs a bunch of like marketing lead up and fanfare um, um, for that game. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a Pixar movie in a lot of ways and. Yeah. I, I think Blind Forest is one of the best games of this generation. I think it has a case to be the best Xbox exclusive of this generation. I think it's a very underrated game. It's it's beautiful artistically, but I think the gameplay is very solid too. I think the only the only criticism would be there's a partial difficulty spike like three-fourths through the game. Um, but other than that, I think the gameplay is solid. I think the art is beautiful. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, like you guys said, 
somewhere between June and you know September. It could release anywhere in there, and I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I would be shocked if it's after that point and be a little bit disappointed. But I just want to get my hands on this game. Period. What is the deal with Below? That would affect my. Well, Below released last year, December. Okay, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember, yeah. dude. I forgot if they had gotten that out or not, so obviously that's not going to affect this. Uh, another game that we're anticipating in 2019 <laughs> below, dude. Let me look that up. <laughs> is, uh, is Battletoads. That's also slated for a 2019 release date. Um, they said that we should uh, expect hand-drawn 2.5D graphics. Features three-player couch co-op, which is awesome. Anytime a game features couch co-op is great. We didn't really get much. We saw a tease of the art style. Um, with the the bike and then the wall and the tongue, and then they kind of made some jokes at their own expense of like, uh, you know, expect it next year. It seems like it's going to be a smaller title, uh, you know, smaller indie title. Do you guys expect? You know, we already talked about the summer of arcade style things. So if you want to hop in there with that, and if you think it's going to be a part of that, but what do you think Battletoads' expectations are in terms of, you know, people enjoying it, maybe critical reception? Do you think? It, it'll review, you know, well in today's 2019 modern age of video games? Uh, I don't think it'll review. I guess it depends. Like, like uh, Battletoads, right, is that's, it's basically like a, a beat-em-up if I remember correctly. Right? Yeah, like with some weird, with some weird side-scrolling like vehicle sections too. Yeah. It's all over the yeah. place. Yeah. I, I think this is going to be one that's more for the fans than for like the critical reception. Because, um, yeah. yeah, I think Battletoads is a game that uh, people have been asking for and like people um, and like not many people but like people who are either like you know like classic gamers or like people who um, I guess are just into into Battletoads have been clamoring for it because it's it's an IP that has it's been dormant but also it's known at the same time like if I say Battletoads um, if or if I'm talking to a, to a room of gamers and I mention Battletoads like some people are gonna know what that is um and likely if those people played it they're probably gonna be like oh yeah where's the next one and so like this is definitely like a game that i think they're making purely to a- appeal to their fans kind of reminds me of like um mirror's edge catalyst where uh mirror's edge catalyst i think business wise like ea didn't really have much reason to really make that game but it's a game that people people wanted and when it came out it wasn't it wasn't that great and it didn't sell like crazy but me as a Mirror's Edge fan, I was like, well, at least like, at least I got my game. At least um, it exists. Yeah. yeah, at least it exists. I think Battletoads will at least probably be more polished <laughs> than Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Um, but I don't know if it's going to take the world by storm. Well, the cool thing, too, is it's a great uh, Game Pass game because it is one of those games where you said if you're a diehard fan, you're probably going to buy this at launch, right, because a new Battletoads exists. But if you're a, a person on Xbox who has Game Pass and you're like, oh, there's this new indie game coming out and it has a cool cartoon style and it's part of game pass i'll download it and check it out right so i think it it benefits from that because the people who aren't diehard still might jump in because it just is a new title in game pass right um i'm interested to see what the full graphics package looks like and the art style overall it looked interesting from the first little tease we got i think that can go a long way the original games were very unique in their art style but they're kind of gross <laughs> you know doesn't mm-hmm. age necessarily very well so if they do transition to a very very cartoony style i think it can actually be uh, in the best interest of the franchise overall um and depending on the budget of this game if it does even decently well they could green light another one it's actually being developed by a smaller studio i don't remember their name i think they're like 
Die La La Studios. It's something like that. They're they're working in partnership with Rare. Rare is just kind of overseeing the project, but um, that smaller studio is actually working on it. So yeah, Battletoads. Uh, Dom Jordan, anything to say about this uh, franchise making its return? Nada. Nada. No, but it seems that Below came and went. If anyone was wondering. Yeah, I still haven't gotten to it. Unfortunately, I was. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those games. I tried it out. I played like, like the first like seven. five minutes. Yeah, it's just yeah. weird that I was like, I'm so used to talking about this when when it comes to our uh, E3 Microsoft press conferences, and then it just like it just came out and no one talked about it. It just like it was a whisper. Yeah, uh, Super Meat Boy Forever. This is an interesting title because it was initially set to release in April of this year, and it missed its release date. It got delayed. Obviously, we're of the mind that it's better to delay a game um, than have it be released in a rush state and not obviously do well critically. Um, Super Meat Boy Forever is in a weird place because it is changing what people loved about Super Meat Boy. It's an endless runner now, which is kind of interesting. Um, obviously, it got a lot of mixed reception because of that from its fan base. Do you guys think there's a chance for this game to show up? Or, uh, to Dom's point earlier about the Sekiro DLC, do you think this is just maybe one of those games that has a chance of being on the stage, but because there's so many things that can be shown off, Xbox kind of decides to choose something else over it? Anything? I think we'll see it. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it'll be there. I, uh, I can't remember the last thing they said about uh, their timeline or release date. Um... But like I think this I think this could be another contender for like them saying like and it's out now um, and you can download the DLC uh, I think that'd be awesome but yeah I think I think it'll 100% be there I think Xbox I think Cuphead is definitely like one of the Infinity Stones in their gauntlet right now where they're like oh yeah <laughs> like this is the thing that makes this console uh, special and so so the last comment they had was uh, we're going to be launching not too far after April we chose not to run ourselves into the ground yeah is what oh, Tim said. Are we talking so, about Cuphead or Super Meat Boy? Super Meat Boy Forever. I don't know why I got those <laughs> things mixed up in my in my head. Yeah. Uh, Super Meat Boy Forever. I don't think we'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just one of those things that, uh, especially because it, the release date could be announced at any point. Um, isn't it one of the Epic Store exclusives too? And the mm, PC Game Showcase yeah. is being sponsored by Epic Games, so it could pop up there. There you go. Just an idea. I think for Super Meat Boy Forever, I think there's a weird like. I like lack of ant- anticipation for this game. Like I think people who are fans of the first Super Meat Boy, uh, from what I've seen, are not really looking forward to Super Meat Boy Forever because of the change, yeah, uh, changes that they made. I'm one of the them. Yeah. yeah, like I played it. I played it at PAX East, um, and I was like excited to play it. And I started playing it, and I was like, "Ooh, I don't know, man. Like this doesn't seem like the one." Um, and I think I part of me thinks that they they're taking that feedback to heart, and that's why they're going kind of going back. Um, or they've kind of been de- uh, delaying it, but like the things that, like you can't really fix the things that are there. Like the things that they've changed are the core gameplay elements of the, this new game, and so like I, like I, I mean I think they could go to Microsoft and Microsoft will help them, you know, like promote and all that stuff. But I don't know if ex- I don't know if they'll want to like have that at their conference and be like, oh yeah, also Super Meat Boy Forever when they have all this other stuff. That they uh, that they want to promote, like I think we might see it in like a, a montage, but I don't know if we see it as like one of their main. Yeah, I mains. mean, a lot of people say that the reason it feels so different, obviously the core mechanics of the game, but obviously Team Meat broke up, so it's not the same two guys that made the original Super Meat Boy. Uh, oh, they've wow. since yeah. kind of uh, 
had a troubled history with one another. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those games that like when I heard oh Super Meat Boy sequel and then it's like Endless Runner, I was like, eh. And it's it's to your point, it's like it's not that I don't think the game's gonna be bad. It just it doesn't interest me for what I want to play a Super Meat Boy game. You know, just not what I wanted out of a sequel. Um, something I do want is to see more of Tunic. If you remember, Tunic is the isometric Zelda-esque uh, game that features a fox. A very beautiful art style. Uh, the most yeah. impressive thing about this game is it's developed by one person, which is insane. Um, it's probably why this Actually, game's taken you know what, so long Jared? to come out. We talked about this a little bit uh, on a previous episode, but I think that this kind of has that tilt-shift aesthetic, doesn't it? Y yep, exactly. Um once again, if you want to check out a really cool photography style, check out Tilt Shift. It's uh, basically where you can take pictures of very large objects or buildings or things, and um, the manipulation of the photography makes it look like miniatures. It's really cool. Um, Tunic is coming first on console to Xbox, which means that there is a possibility that it launches on Game Pass. Um and it could be part of, like we mentioned earlier, blessing the arcade release style of week after week uh, into Game Pass as well as a normal release. Do you guys think we'll finally get a release date for this game, or is it asking too much because it's such an artistically driven game made by one person that it might take some more time in the oven? Yeah, it could take some time in the oven. I can yeah, see that. I've, I've been waiting for this game for so long, and I feel like it's cool. one of those games that's just never going to come out. Um, yeah. And so I... For my own sanity, I'm going to say that we don't see it. <laughs> I, I just keep expecting it, and it just never shows up. You want to be pleasantly surprised, right, that it, uh, yeah. it pops up with the release date. Like, right now, like right now, it's, like, one of those games. It's, like, just shapes and beats um, that, like, you you see it packs every every year you go, um, but it just, like, it just never comes out. Um, uh, a game yeah. that I didn't list that's kind of like that, too, Blessing, is uh, Church in the Darkness, I believe it's called. I don't know if you've seen that oh, game. Yeah. That game's appeared in packs, it, yeah. like for years and it still hasn't come out that's another game uh church in the darkness it's a if i remember correctly it's a game where you're basically like at a religious cult like campsite and you're mm -hmm. trying to figure out what the hell is going on it's like espionage and stealth trying to rescue your kid who got like caught up in the cult yeah it looks crazy that one still hasn't got a release date either that's another game we could possibly see in the uh super meat boy montage um I guess we already talked about the Summer of Arcade type initiative. We'll hop into this. I don't think we have much to say because there was an update on this game recently. So last year we saw the uh, reveal of Dying Light 2. Um, looked really cool. Seems like it's focusing more on story choice and um, how your choices really affect the world around you. We were going to talk about it possibly showing up on Xbox's stage for the briefing, but it was announced actually uh, in mid-May. Mid that this game is being published by Square Enix. So the first one is published really? by Warner Brothers. Yeah. The first one is pu uh, published by Warner Brothers. This one is now being published by Square Enix, which means we'll see it at their conference um, alongside the Avengers project, which is now Marvel's Avengers. And you hopefully Final Fantasy Remake. Because yeah. like, last year they showed Kingdom Hearts off at every conference that they could have. Yeah, I think it's just to the point of like... Xbox has so much to show that it's like, do they choose something that will already be at another conference, or do mm. they choose something that won't be at any? You know what I mean? That's because Dying Light 2 does have the choice of being at Square Enix. And I think maybe to that point, too, a blessing is that Square Enix did get a lot of uh, feedback about their conference last year, not having a lot of announcements worthy of having a conference in the first place, and showing a lot of the same Kingdom Hearts footage, period, right? 
So maybe they take that into account and they're like, our games are going to show on our stage, you know. I would like to see Marvel's Avengers, and we'll talk about it later on Xbox's stage, but maybe Square Enix just wants to hold out since they chose the premier PlayStation time slot. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about Gears of War. Uh, this is the Gears block. Just, just Gears. Or I guess there's more than one game. You're right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> technically, they're all well, just I mean, called Gears yeah. 2. They're not called Gears of War. So it's Gears Pop, which is the mobile game that's coming out this year, Gears which... Mario. I think people got really upset about for no reason. It was like shown, and then they moved on past it. It was it didn't take up a large yeah. portion of the, of the was, briefing. It was the way I think it was the way they showed they showed off because like <laughs> yeah. I yeah. they sh- I was um in a in a group um like a Discord uh, voice chat with like Alex uh, from OKBs who like is a big he's a big Xbox guy he loves Gears and all this stuff um a few other people right and like I think they sh- they started showing Gear stuff. Um, or like Gears imagery and Alex like I think it was like the logo or whatever and got, Alex was like oh well like let's go or whatever then like he like I think chainsaws wall and it's like the <laughs> pop figures and he's like are you serious <laughs> right and then they move on to Gears Tactics and he's like alright this is cool but like I'm still like sad then they showed the next game or the actual Gears 5 and then he was like oh thank god but I think it was, it was like, a, like a good like 20 second period <laughs> of like genuine anger yeah. um, that I understood but then yeah I guess going into the show, there was rumblings that we were going to see three Gears games. So I already kind of knew that going in. So when I saw Gears pop, I was like, okay, this is the first thing. My worry wasn't that they showed that game. My worry is that they were going to spend a bunch of time explaining that game. Um, Mm -hmm. But they showed the game. Then uh, Ferguson came out, and then they moved on with the games people are actually excited for. The first one being Gears Tactics, which is essentially XCOM Gears. Looks really cool. It's coming out on PC. We assume it's going to be a part of the newly announced Xbox Game Pass for PC, which we'll get into later. Um, it's slated for 20... Uh, it's not slated for 2019, sorry. Uh, what I wanted to know is, is it going to still be PC only? You know, Tactics games have a hard time of translating to console. XCOM has done it, but not a lot of other... Uh, not a lot of other tactics games have done it in the past. Do you guys think it will maybe see the announcement of, oh, it's coming to Xbox One as well, and uh, a release date? Do you think there's a chance of that with Gears 5 on the horizon? Whether or not it's at E3, I don't know, but it's definitely going to come to Xbox One. Like, uh, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah. even though like it's, it is tough for yeah, but tactics games to come out on console, the last couple of years we've actually seen a lot of them, right? Even like... Oh, Mutant Mario Year Rabbids. Zero. I forgot about that one too. Mutant Year Zero. Um, uh, Civilization came to Switch even. Um, slightly different kind of game, but same idea of a you know, strategic kind of thing. But uh, we're seeing a lot more of this on consoles. Even like XCOM is on consoles. So um, I think definitely, unless they you know, like have some data that just shows there's zero demand for this particular one, I think you'll definitely see this on Xbox. Good chance they announce that Yeah, at E3 this year, I think. Do you think we'll get maybe a, like a release window of like 2020 maybe? Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, Blessing, where do you fall on the tactics style games? Are you interested in them or does this do nothing for you? Because it's a Gears game and it's a tactics game, so it's like a double negative yeah, for you. It's a double negative for me. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it's cool for people that, that like those things, uh, and I think I think it's exciting. Uh, I don't think it's going to come to Xbox One, mainly because I feel like they would have announced it uh, as coming to both because they do a Halo good job Wars. of that. Sorry. Um, was Halo Wars a thing that they announced first PC and then moved to? Oh yeah, I guess they did, right? They they ported Halo Wars to console. That was the other example I forgot. Yeah. 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 Um, and so I think I mean I think it'll launch on PC and then maybe down the line it'll come to console. Um, but at launch, yeah, I think it'll it'll be for PC. I don't know. 
I don't know about release date. I don't know if they would want to release two Gears games in the same year, and I think Gears 5 is going to be this uh, fall. Yeah, good point. And yeah. So maybe Gears Tactics is going to be a spring game. Um, I can see that uh, easily because I think Halo, the last Halo Wars, I want to say, was launched in spring, if I remember correctly. I don't know why I would do that knowledge. Cause February, I think. Guy. I think it's like it was like February, if memory serves yeah. me correct. Um, and so yeah, I could see I could I could see tactics maybe being in spring for PC. I could totally see them doing a spring PC release, and then when the next gen console comes out, it being ported and it being a launch title for the new Xbox. Yeah, right. I think that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, because it could be maybe pushing the technology to where they don't feel comfortable with how well it performs on console, so they'd rather have it release also on the next xbox and it could possibly be played on this xbox one but they don't want that to be the premier version of the game right that could possibly yeah. be a case as well um you mentioned gears 5 that is slated for 2019 we assume that's coming out this fall uh i probably october november release date likely the to don's point at the beginning of when we started talking about gears of war they dropped the of war and that's kind of showcased in the trailer they showed last year where they're moving away from focusing on the big uh, grunty, uh, you know, firestorm that is Gears of War with big, big explosions and big guns and beef dudes, and they're taking more of a beef dudes, a, beef dudes uh, more of an emotional approach to the storytelling, and Laura uh, Bailey's character Kate is actually going to be the main protagonist of this game, not Marcus's son. At least that's what it seems beef like from the trailer. Man, and, and that I, I know you didn't play four yet, right, Jared? I'm going to be playing it before this game comes out. It's on my to-do list. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, when they uh, first revealed five, and and yeah, they kind of mentioned that that uh, was it. Kate is it the character's name? Kate, yeah. Laura Bailey's character. Yeah, that she was the main character. Like that, that couldn't be a better decision. Um, like in Gears Four, that pretty much already was the case, except it wasn't. You played as Marcus or whatever the fuck they called him, um, the dude who was really generic and didn't have much going on that was interesting from his story perspective. You're talking about his son. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, Kate in that game was way more interesting and had way more stuff going on. And her char- character was just, I don't know, that story was just so much more interesting than the kind of standard father-son stuff that they had going on with the, the main character. J.D., so by pumped. the way. Is his J.D. Name. Okay, there we go. J.D. Phoenix. There James. was nothing wrong with him. It was just uh, he was the less interesting part of that game, I think. So I'm excited that in the next one um, they're going more towards well, her. And the cool thing, too, uh, Jordan and Blessing, I'd like to hear you guys' opinion on this, is, you know, Gears of War has always mostly been focused on the gameplay, and the story's been an afterthought. I know diehard fans love the story of Gears of War, but it's not like, it's not Last of Us, right? It's not pushing the boundaries of narrative can be. Well, and with know, it's, the, it's always been good, though. I don't know. I'd, yeah, I, I, I guess it's been good, but I'm not saying it's the it's not the the forefront of the franchise. Like, people don't talk about the narrative first. They usually talk about they, they talk about chainsawing people. Third-person cover-based shooting, right? That's what yeah. it did for gaming in, in as a whole. With this new trailer, they focused on, like, the emotional aspects of it. And it's really great when stories in entertainment kind of reflect what's happening in the real world. And currently, we're going through... People learning what mental health is and mental illness and learning how to treat that. And it's actually being brought to the forefront of, hey, it's okay to have a mental illness. Just know you have it and learn to heal from it, right? And learn how you can adjust and know that you can live a healthy, meaningful life with mental illness. And this game is showing that Kate's going through some things and her mind isn't all there. And, you know, the trailer ends with her turning on her buddy and he's wondering what's going on. And she's starting to become schizophrenic and... Um, I just want to know from you guys, 
is there a chance that this game can deliver as strongly with the narrative as it does with the gameplay with this shift to um, this focus on narrative in general? Hmm. Yeah, I'm not like a, I'm not a, a, a Gears person, so I haven't really I haven't played any of the the campaigns of any of the Gears games. So yeah, I've always kind of viewed them as like the like action, 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 like big beefy dudes. Um, uh, which is what's his name? The uh, black dude from Everybody Hates Chris. I guess they're all black. The, Coltrane? the dad. Yeah, like Coltrane or like or um. He, oh, he's not actually in that game, is he? No, Terry. You're thinking like, Terry Crews. Yeah, I'm thinking of Terry Crews. Yeah, but he's not like actually. Yeah. Um, but people want him to play Coltrane. Is the, is the thing right? Yeah. I think of that vibe whenever I think of Gears of War. Um, and Gears, Gears Four was like more dark in tone, if I remember correctly, right? Like, yeah. kind of, ha- it kind of started that shift more toward like the the tone and kind of what's going on in the world and all that stuff. Uh, yes, yeah. Kinda, yeah. It always had some of that, a, a good amount of that, but I okay. guess four was more it, though, personal. I think was, consistently. When they introduced it, I think that was the vibe they were going for. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I I think it, I think it's possible. I think they could be able to do it and pull it off because, like, I I think we're seeing more of a shift toward that kind of thing too, uh, more and more. Like, Call of Duty was announced recently, and like mm, uh, yeah. previews have like talked about how they're kind of going for some things uh, in that game they wouldn't necessarily expect from uh, a AAA uh, video game published by by Activision. Uh, as far as like the the story they're wanting to tell, the situations they want to be, uh, put people in, the the dynamics that they're going for, as far as um, uh, ethics and like and um, um, I guess being in war, uh, and so for Gears of War to, to go that go that direction, I think that could be very interesting, and I think that that could bring like a whole uh, new di- dimension for the franchise that could actually like really refresh it. Because I think Gears Four was kind of like another like it was almost if I remember correctly, it was like a Halo Five situation where people were like, "This is good," but it's not like necessarily like like this. Gears doesn't feel like the it franchise this generation like it was during the 360 generation and so for it to be refreshed um or for it to like get a new uh dimension to it that like kind of uplifts the whole product uh i think could be could be good because like a game like titanfall 2 for example right like that had a really good story right and the the themes and what's going on in that story aren't necessarily like that like serious and meaningful but the narrative was just so was like or the story the campaign mode was good enough to where people would buy that game for the campaign mode and people would hail like oh yeah Titanfall 2's campaign was great right and so like it wasn't just like this multiplayer experience wasn't just this action experience but it was like a, a game you'd buy uh, to play through the story and all that stuff I think Gears could have that same effect and it could be really good for the game uh, Dom you played obviously Gears of War 4 they made another point in this trailer that they showed off last year at E3 to showcase different environments right so they showed off the snow landscape they showed off that really cool like jungleish, very green uh, area that Kate, uh, was kind of uh, repelling down, if you remember correctly, was that something that they focused on in Gears Four too, of showing like multiple locations and environments that kind of bring a lot of new experiences, or does that seem like a new focus with Gears Five? You know, I don't. It's been a, like what two years or something, at least since I played it, but I, nothing. I don't remember anything sticking out environmental uh, wise. Um, so that tells me that it, nothing. You know, nothing impressed me that much or was memorable, at least. Um, I could be wrong. It could just be my brain deteriorating, and there was some awesome, crazy environments, but I don't remember anything spectacular that was, you know, nothing in, like, you know, there's moments from, like, Uncharted 4 where I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, that stuck out, like, this, when you step into this field of this mountain in whatever country and 
shit like that. There was nothing like that from Gears 4 that I remember. Yeah, and the great thing too is if you're a Game Pass uh, subscriber, you get this game day one, not having to pay 60 bucks. And, and that is the plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next up, Cyberpunk 2077. This ended Xbox's show last year. We had the cool hacking moment where Phil was giving his end of the conference speech, and then it, the conference got hacked, right? And we saw all the red lettering. Cool as shit, by yeah. the way. I'm, I'm into that meta stuff. Not only did we get the trail, the opening cinematic trailer, uh, everyone had, uh, a lot of journalists had behind closed doors, uh, demo that they got to watch somebody play through and we saw all of the reports on that and people talking about how uh, how deep the world felt in terms of uh, everything going on and it felt like a living city. We've heard from CD Projekt Red that this is their most important E3 to date. Um, there was a report, uh, or not a report, sorry, a tweet from Jason Schreier um, that basically talked about how CD Projekt Red has actually been aiming for a 2019 release date but it's likely they won't hit it. And with all of his sources, he would bet that this game is coming out in early 2020, which is crazy. Because like for me personally, I thought this game was still a couple years off um, from being released because it is... It seems like they're going for a lot with this game, right? It's very ambitious. Um, I guess from you guys, what do you expect to see? Do you think we'll see gameplay, right? Because everyone got to see it behind closed doors last year. Do we see gameplay? And do you think they push for that 2019 release or do you think we get that 2020 big release window I think we see hmm. a, a demo like I think maybe on stage we see like a good like five ten minute uh, a demo like a scenario in the game and maybe we'll um, they they release more gameplay um, maybe like behind not behind closed doors but on the show floor and stuff like that um, and I think we'll, I think we see 2020 release date I think the fall at this point is starting to get kind of kind of crowded um, and I I, I can't imagine this game coming out this year for some reason. I feel like I feel like that'd be too soon. Even though they've been working on this game forever, but for some reason I feel like it'd be too soon. Yeah, that's um, how I feel too, man. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whoa. Yeah. Um, 2020, I think, seems right. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, Dom, anything to say about Cyberpunk? Nah. Hopefully think... they uh, they don't include that stereotypical uh, generic Mexican guy. Oh, yeah, that was not <laughs> that great. That was kind of cringy. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that, man. Especially yeah. being somebody who's uh, who's half Latino listening to that stuff. I'm like, God, now I know what, you know, black people and Asian people feel like. Because, <laughs> you know, normally you don't really see a lot of Hispanic characters and things. So seeing, like, the generic cookie cutter thing, I'm like, good Lord, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Holmes, you want to go shoot some robots, man? Oh, God, Jesus. Uh, anything to say, Jordan, before we move on? Um... I think that 2019 isn't out of the question for me still. Um, I don't know. I think... With Dead Stranding coming out this year, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude. I mean, I that's the thing. that, and then... Um, but could you I imagine say, Death Stranding, Cyberpunk, and Star Wars out this fall? And Borderlands 3? Yeah. yeah. People yeah. say it's a down year. <laughs> right. And Call of Duty Modern um, Warfare again? Like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I will say, um, I wish that they had come out and told us that they were making a first-person shooter. <laughs> I knew uh, he was going to say it. <laughs> before they uh, showed us that cinematic trailer. Uh, but nonetheless, I'm still excited for this game. And mm. um, I think that the... So far, like I said, uh, yeah. I'm not in love with the fact that it's first-person. But... Um, they are absolutely seemingly uh, nailing 
the Cyberpunk vibe, and I'm very excited about that. So, uh, Before we hop into lingering questions and speculation real quick, we're going to see an Xbox Game Pass segment. They'll talk about it coming to PC, obviously, and we'll get clarification as to whether or not that's bundled with your current Xbox Game Pass subscription for the console. Um, and we normally get some announcements of some games coming to the service. Uh, I have a couple in mind off the top of my head. One very surprising and one not so much. Um, Witcher 3, I could see coming to Game Pass. That would be cool to, you know, pair with the Cyberpunk announcement. I think it's been long enough that it would make sense for Witcher 3 to come to a service like that and it gives built-in value and I wouldn't be surprised if Xbox would pay for something like that, right? In anticipation of Cyberpunk. And the other one that would be very shocking, uh, maybe not very shocking, maybe I'm overblowing it a little bit and getting a little hyperbolic, I could see a reality where because of Bethesda's <coughs> relationship with Xbox that Fallout no, 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 76. No, no, don't say it. Don't don't say it. Ah, uh, he already said it. Fuck. Well, you All can right. you can still hold it. You don't have to tell us it's your prediction. <laughs> Man, yeah. I thought I was so clever and original with that prediction. <laughs> yeah. And you already had it. <laughs> it. It totally makes sense especially with the way that game is. It hasn't really had the No Man's Sky arise from the ashes, but it hasn't been like being down anymore because people forgot about it and moved on to Anthem. So, I can still see it coming to Game Pass. Who knows? Wait, are well, we and, talking about oh, okay, Game Pass not free to play for Fallout yeah. 76? Yeah. That's that's what I was going to say though cuz we asked that question before, right? Was this bad enough and is it still bad enough that, you know, it just goes free to play and I th- I still think no, but part of that is because they have this great half step of uh yeah, put it on Game Pass, maybe make it free for a month on PS Plus too as kind of a that half step of we're not going free to play, but we're going to invite a whole bunch of people in for free or close to free. Um, and uh, you know you, what I mean? To you would expect that ESO is more successful than Fallout 76 in general, right? Elder Scrolls Online. And that's on Game it Pass. must be. Yeah. So, True, yeah. There is a possibility. Um, is there any, real quick before we happen to linear questions, speculation, any title you'd assume that could make it? Or you guys want to move on? Move on. Uh, to Game Pass? <laughs> Game Pass? Yeah, yeah. Any, any uh, third-party title that uh, could possibly come out? Well, what I know it's... I guess it's first-party now. What is the... Uh, the uh, We Happy Few is that on Game Pass? Uh, good question. I think I so. I'll check like real quick. It is. It, I'm pretty it sure. Be. I'll do some research real quick. Let's if see. it's not, it'll be weird. I, if I had a dream, um, I would say, <laughs> um, Burnout Three Takedown comes oh, to nice. Xbox backwards compatibility and Game Pass. I'd be into that. Fuck. Uh, real quick. That, that'd, that'd be a power move. Jordan, mm-hmm. it came out, uh, it launched on Game Pass in February with, alongside Shadow of Mordor and Saints Row the Third. So, it is on Game Boom. Pass. Um, let's move on. So, before we were going to be recording, Phil Spencer dropped a bomb on Twitter. He announced that the E3 briefing is going to feature 14 Xbox Game Studios games. Obviously, this could either mean first-party developed games. This could mean games like Ori or Cuphead, which are published by Xbox but not developed by studios they own. Or it could be games that they own the studio but not the publishing to the game, like The Outer World or We Happy Few, for instance, where they own those studios but they were published by other other uh, publishers. So the way we'll go through this so we don't take too much time is I'm going to ask each of you specifically about a specific studio that Xbox has, and I'm going to ask you a question relating to them, and you let me know what you think about it, okay? So we'll start off with you, Blessing. The Initiative. This is Xbox's new Santa Monica studio. They're going to be making quadruple-A video games. This is their Sony Santa Monica. They started hiring last May. Um, Actually, in the recent weeks, we've heard about hirings as well. They're still staffing up. 
Do you think that, you know, it's unlikely we'll see what their first game is, but do you think we'll maybe see a studio introduction, right? Like a, like a current state of the development studio, you know, like a, not necessarily a, a game, uh, like a developer diary, but more of just introducing us to that studio and their culture in a short little edited video. What do you think? I think if we, if we do, it'll have to be really short. Cause yeah. like, like, cause that stuff is important, and it's something that like I care about as somebody who's like very much paying attention. But for ninety ninety five percent of people who are watching, they don't really care. <laughs> um, and so, like, I think it, it could be cool. But if since they don't, they probably aren't going to have a game or something to show. Um, my gut says we don't see them because I, I they might still be in the process of like onboarding people and figuring out like the direction all that stuff. Um, but I think there's a chance we, we, we get that introduction. Maybe even like the studio head coming out saying, hey, we're staffing up, we're gearing towards, uh, you know, a new game where, where we have a lot of ideas. Kind of just mm-hmm. like a quick come on stage. Hey, guys, everything's going well. Look forward to what we have to show in, in, in you know, the years to come and then get off stage, right? Real quick in and out. Yeah. I will say gonna... that another thing that might, might work against that, too, is that like that puts them on a clock. Um, where like, okay, you've been introduced to the initiative and now like people are, people are going to be like – actively wondering okay when's their game gonna come out i feel like like having them in the shadows for a bit makes people go like oh well they're probably not like we don't know when they're gonna start working on a game like we're not really we don't really have them on the clock yeah Yeah, i'm gonna go hard that direction too because i mean unless they have like a tease of a game which they can't do you can only like kind of tease something like that if you're you're bethesda and you you know you're teasing elder scrolls 6 or something because You've made like five of those games, or your Kojima, then you can do bullshit like that. But when you have nothing, you have no resume um, of actual game releases from the studio itself, um, you have a great lineup of people you brought in and what they've worked on. But, but not a figurehead, right? Or a previous catalog for that exactly. studio specifically. Yeah. Until you have something substantial to show, I think, yeah, you got to just like just go away and hide. I don't think they would want to spend time like introducing anything without an actual product because this is a brand new studio um even though it is exciting for people like us who follow like oh they hired all these people and you know all these that's that's cool and that's all good but you just need to i think that they just need to be quiet and then just one day you know give us their version of the last of us um yeah or whatever it is right and just blow our minds with that and then the next time around they get to start doing the the bullshit kojima stuff and whatever they want to do to blessings point they have the privilege of hiding in the shadows why force it so Exactly. Um, hiding in the shadows. Jordan, so Undead Labs, they came out with State of Decay, uh, which was a janky yeah. but beloved game. Came out with State of Decay 2, which is still janky. People still enjoyed it. Uh, now, uh, they got purchased after the release of State of Decay 2. They're now an official Xbox studio, which comes with all the benefits of the budget and marketing and all that stuff. And for a long time, Undead Labs had talked about their dream project. They want to make uh, an online multiplayer zombie world, right? Like, they want to make... Mm. A world where you actually it's like an open world concept where you try to survive and not so much where you know state of decay 2 is multiplayer but it's very structured and it's not necessarily a, an open world um and it's not very dynamic you know um and there's weird things with like if you hop into your friend's multiplayer session you can save progress but it's different than your own this is something they want it to be like a living world kind of and it seems like it required you know, a big budget, right? And now that they're under Microsoft's wing and they've shown the ability to deliver two games, do you think that there's any chance we'll see anything from them? Or do you think they're still cooking in the lab for this big dream project they have in mind? Cooking in their 
Undead Lab, Jared? Yeah, in their Undead Lab, Jesus. yep. You caught it. Thank you. <laughs> um, I don't, what is the update situation on State of Decay 2? Do you have any idea? Is there, like... Uh, I DLC. so the last like update they had for like DLC packages was I think in late last year um and it was just like it wasn't major DLC expansion it was just more like cosmetic items or little quality of life enhancements it wasn't like major like we're adding a new territory to the game you know right yeah so I think that they might be ready to tease a new game but I think that would be it unless they're doing another State of Decay game in which, you know, they may be further along. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Dom, you get one of the more interesting questions for a studio. Playground Games. It's been rumored that they're working on the next Fable, whether that's Fable 4 or a reboot. Uh, we know that they're working on an RPG, and uh, that was confirmed by Phil Spencer last year. We know they're working on a game that isn't Forza Horizon 5. Do you think we finally get a look at this Fable 4 uh, or Fable reboot game? And to follow up to that, if you don't think it's Fable, what do you think it is? Flashback to it was either January or December when on our regular regularly scheduled episode for uh, just 2019 predictions in general, I predicted that we would see Fable, no four, potentially though, you know, a semicolon subtitle um, kind of a deal. And yeah, in, like we speculated, yeah, obviously from Playground. So I think this is the E3 that it... Uh, the robes come off. Do you think we get title cinematic? Off. Do you think we get title gameplay? Do you think we get a big package? Like, what are your expectations? I left this out of my predictions because I think it's a pretty sure thing. But I'd say, yeah, cinematic type trailer and a yeah. title. And then maybe next year we get gameplay and it releases in 2021 maybe? I could see next fall releasing or sometime okay. next year releasing. But no, just a cinematic kind of like, oh, yeah, look what's back. And it's going to be fucking sweet. Um, some humor probably to show that it still some, is authentic. some good of that some of that good you know british humor or whatever it is yeah yeah uh blessing ninja theory so they were also acquired obviously by microsoft um one thing people don't understand is that they make smaller scope games now that's kind of what they want to do they want to make smaller projects and have them really mean something right they're not trying to churn into that triple a um grindhouse that they don't want to be a part of anymore uh, one thing to know uh, with them is that they made Hellblade in three years with 20 of their 100 employees. So basically what they talked about is that 80 of their employees were working on contract work to essentially keep the studio running. And 20 of them focused on making Hellblade in only three years. Which if you've played the game, if you've played that game, you, know, you will understand that it's an incredible feat of game development. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. So blessing to that point. With Microsoft's backing of them not having to worry about doing contract work and having 100 employees now focusing on their next project, it's going to be coming up on, uh, I think, two and a half years, right, since Hellblade initially released. Do you think that their game could be a lot closer than we anticipate because of all of these changes to their development process? Uh, I, I mean, I, th I think it's close. I think this year or next year, um, man, I'd be shocked if we see it this year because, like, this... Uh, this year, like I said earlier, has just kind of been filling up, uh, especially looking at the fall, um, and it's going to fill up more th uh, this E3. I, c I, could s I could see them announcing something for next year, whether it's like a launch title or like maybe like a fair... Actually, I'm gonna actually that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say we'll see them make 
potentially like a, a launch title for the next Xbox because I don't know how much Microsoft wants to get out new first party games for the Xbox One. Um, and if they're if Ninja Theory was like on the verge of releasing something like this year, I don't know. I think that'd be crazy. Um, but I think we could see it. I think we could see it. The the this E three, and I think we will because like they they announced that we're gonna see how many like fourteen. Th- th- 14 yeah and yeah i think it would make sense for ninja theory to be one of those quick question so i introduced the thought of 100 employees and working on one game with them having 20 people working on hellblade and making it three years they could also do some kind of staggered thing where they have 50 employees working on one project 50 working on the other and a project could have been in development uh when hellblade is being finished right so there could Mm -hmm. be a possibility of us getting one ninja uh uh Ninja Theory, I was going to say Ninja Blade, Ninja Theory mm-hmm. game in the coming, you know, six to 12 months, and then they could have another project within the first year of the new Xbox release, right? With that staggered release cadence, who knows? Um, I just... That could be awesome. Because they're focusing on smaller scope projects, I think they could be one of those studios that we don't have to wait four to five years for their games, we can wait, you know, two, two-ish years and get these staggered releases of these really cool refreshing ideas because one thing with ninja theory is that they wanted the financial security with microsoft but the big thing they pushed for is creative freedom and they actually got to go and talk to rare and all of these other first party studios for xbox and find out that like these studios do get full creative uh, full creative freedom and control over their project so we'll see what happens with ninja theory um jordan compulsion games yes. they're in a weird spot we talked about we happy few earlier um, people are like, oh, we probably won't see it because it's published by a different company. Um, but, you know, there's a chance because obviously Xbox owns Compulsion. The reason I say they're in a tough spot is because they already have two DLC left that are promised for We Happy Few. So oh. there is in this state where they they still need to deliver on those two pieces of DLC for this game from a different publisher. But I'm sure Microsoft wants them to start working on whatever they're going to be doing for them. So... With that, do you think they even have something enough of something to show this year? Or do you think they have to focus on these two DLCs before they even can focus on the Xbox project? That's a great question. Probably the DLC. Yeah, and it's it's tough, right? Because we want to see what Compulsion can do for Xbox, but they have these prior commitments, and it'd be it suck for people who've already because I don't know if it's a season pass or not, but they do have two lined up in their roadmap. For them to either disappear or not follow through on them. So I guarantee they're going to try to follow through. So they can't really focus on showing off the new thing without, you know, working on these two pieces of DLC. Who knows? Anyways. Next up. In Exile. I believe it's Dom's turn. So In Exile is a studio that was announced at the XO event last year as being purchased. Them and Obsidian, which we'll get to next. Um... People were unsure what they were going to be showing this year if they had a game. They actually have Wasteland, uh, Wasteland's 3 in development, which is their RPG series. It's slated for 2019. There hasn't really been much shown for it, but we can almost guarantee that's going to be the game they show uh, for Xbox. I don't think any of us have any attachment to Wasteland 3, right? Um, nah. I guess the assumption is, do you think, since this was a project they already had in development before Xbox acquired them, do you think that they're going to, NXL is going to, when they're done with this, Microsoft's going to have them work on a brand new RPG, or do you think they're going to have them go into their catalog of IP they've already established? Dumb. Uh, I mean, that's anybody's guess, I suppose. Yeah. It could be, 
yeah, it could be something they've already been working on. You know, some ideas they've already played around with could be next. Um, or I guess, I mean, you could do Wasteland 4 as an Xbox exclusive or whatever that means these days. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or Microsoft, you know, an Xbox platform exclusive, I guess, is the better way to... Anyway, yeah, that could be anything, man. And um, I would bet they stay within their realm of uh, that kind of tactical RPG, though, if I had to... Get, if I had to narrow it down at all, that's what Stay I said. Stay in their wheelhouse, yeah. yeah. Uh, Blessing, Obsidian. We know that they're coming out with The Outer Worlds. Really yeah, cool Fallout-esque <laughs> RPG. Really excited for it. Uh, they've kind of tempered expectations. They said, don't expect this to be the size of a Fallout game. This is obviously a smaller scope project, but still expect our, type, our sense of humor and our mechanics and everything you come to love with our style of games. Do we get a, a solid release date for this game, Blessing? Yes, 100%. If you're a betting man, do you think it's early fall, late fall? What do you expect? Uh, I don't know, man. I, I any any time, but from like October, maybe October, November is what is is what I'll say. I think that time frame works. Um, I think like really is gonna it's gonna depend on like where everything else kind of lands. Like, cause what, um, Call of Duty is in October, right? Cause it usually is. And Ghost um, Recon. Is Ghost Recon in October too? Wow. October fourth. That comes out three weeks before Call of Duty. Yeah, I forgot that was a video game. Um, Star Wars is and Death November? Stranding. Yeah, and Death Stranding. Yep. Oh man, are both in November? Um, when's Borderlands? Borderlands is in September. Yep. Man, the Outer Worlds might have to like go for like late September, um, but who knows, man? It could be it, it can be anywhere in the, in that three month three month span. Um, but yeah, dude. I, I think I mean they'll have to give us the date here. I can't imagine them not. That'd be wild if they weren't. Unless it's being delayed for some reason, which could also be a possibility. But um, yeah, we'll see it. Quick question on this too, because Xbox now owns Obsidian. I know it's published by a different company. It's published by the private division, which yeah. is Activision. Correct me if I'm wrong. Right? They're like indie. No, there's it's Take Two. Take Two. Sorry. God, I always that's like a running theme. I always <laughs> get Activision and Take Two mixed up in terms of publishing. Um. What do you think the chances are maybe Xbox striking a deal with Private Division to have this launch on Game Pass because it is an Xbox-owned studio? Oh, Ooh, I think slim. Because slim. I think, like, I, I yeah, because I, I think that takes money out of it. Of course, like, Microsoft could pay Private Division or pr- pay 2K or, whatever, or take, take 2 or however that works um, uh, in order to do that. But I... I don't think they'll want to. I think, the, I th- I think this, they'll want to make this, like, their last, like, or not their last, but like I think I think private division is gonna want to see the revenue from uh, uh, from this thing because it could have the poss- the uh, potential to, to blow up. And of course, like they could strike the deal, right? To be like, okay, we'll pay you this much to have it on on um, Game Pass, and you still get this amount of revenue per unit sold or whatever it is. But um, I think I think that would be a tough deal to make with them. But then that's yeah, that, sorry. Go ahead, Dom. I, yeah, I've toyed around with that idea uh, a lot of like. A, one of these days, like Microsoft is going to be able to, to land a third-party game, you know, launching on Game Pass. But every time I think about it, I always come to that same conclusion of like, ah, just it's just that's hard. That would be hard. To, the thing with this is they own the studio, the though. Publisher. You know, right? Mm-hmm. The studio. Um, so to my publisher, point, to my point, uh, Blessing said, if this game blows up, there's a chance for a sequel, not without Microsoft's approval. Mm-hmm. They well. If for Obsidian to make it, what I'm saying is for Obsidian to make yeah. Outer Worlds 2, <laughs> it had to come from Microsoft's approval. You know what I mean? My question is, who who owns the Outer Worlds? Is it 
is it Obsidian that, that owns it, or is it? No, it's uh, take it's two? it's Take Two. So they could just take that IP and straight up just like give it to somebody else if they wanted to. Um, yeah. Which that that a question of it's not going to be a uh, true to what the first game was if it's not the people who made it, you know, with their touch. But who knows? Yeah. I guess yeah, I don't see yeah. it being any more likely for them to get a launch, a third-party launch game on Game Pass for this game than any other game. Yeah. I guess. I I, so it, I, you know. What I'm saying is I agree with you that this probably won't be on Game Pass. What I'm saying, though, is if this is successful enough for a sequel, they're going to have to deal with Microsoft at some point. You know what I mean? They're going to have to have that conversation yeah, yeah. if they want Obsidian or to have a different sequel. Well, I don't, necessarily, I don't yeah. even necessarily think it's going to get a, a sequel. All I was saying is if it's successful enough or – uh, if it's so successful it, or successful and it blows up, um, they'll want to see the revenue from like all those gotcha. s- all those sales sales. I, I assumed um, you were me, leading towards like a successful enough for future projects. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't, know what, I don't you, even know what that would look like, <laughs> guys. Let me pitch you just a, a terrible timeline of events um, that I can now foresee happening. The Outer Worlds comes out, um, and it just is critically adored and sells great, and it's just this is awesome. It's this is the the Fallout sequel to Fallout Three in New Vegas. Everyone had always wanted, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then we hit that scenario of well, we need we need the Outer Worlds too. So what happens? Well, Take Two doesn't want to, you know, deal with Obsidian anymore. They can't can't strike a deal with Microsoft, etc. So they hand the Outer Worlds two to somebody else, and that sequel just a turd, just a <laughs> fat turd that yeah. gets rid of all the RPG elements that we loved about it. Um, I hope this doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like searching depressing. the Outer Worlds right now to see if it really is owned by by private division because that's heartbreaking if Obsidian <laughs> doesn't yeah, own it. It's t- well, yeah, and it's like, well, Obsidian, did they strike up the deal wanting to own the own the rights? Because and that's a huge gift for Microsoft, right? Because mm-hmm. they're not spending the money to publish out the first one, but they might have a hit for a sequel and have a built-in yeah. IP automatically. So who knows? Um, while you're looking that up, Les, we'll move on. So, with the studio acquisitions, there's actually three new studio acquisitions rumored. Uh, I'm going to go through this, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. So, who are the likeliest candidates? A rumor in late 2018 suggested Microsoft was in final negotiations with the mid-sized studio known for their history with PlayStation. So, that got people buzzing. Who could it be? Is it the Order 1886 people, who I always forget their name? Uh, No. What, Dom? Nope, nope, I'm wrong. I was going to say Quantic Dream, but that's definitely not right. No, it's not Quantic Dream. Uh, the Order 1886. Oh, Order 1886. Is that not... Yeah. For some reason, I wanted to say Ready Sony Santa Monica. Ready at Dawn. Ready at Dawn. Yeah, so Ready at Dawn. Uh, people speculated... Um, uh, Jesus Christ, I'm having a brain fart. Blue, the re- the remaster guys, the remake guys. Blue Point. Blue Point. Blue Point. Um, and people also speculated... Um, Jesus, my mind's escaping me. Uh, the the <laughs> arcade the, the arcade game making guys that couldn't make arcade games oh, anymore because they're not viable. HouseMark. Uh, 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 Alienation. Housemark. Housemark. Yes. Yeah. Housemark. Yes. Sorry, I was just completely brain farting all these studios. Those are the three that people suggested were the likeliest candidates. Um, Housemark, Blue Point, and and uh, Ready at Dawn. If I would just looked at the page, I would have seen that I had them all written down. I'm an idiot. Um, new rumors suggest that IO Interactive could be a possible studio. Those are obviously the guys behind Hitman. People have talked about how the Hitman franchise in its current state would be great for Game Pass with its episode releases. Um, people have talked about Relic Entertainment and a Sobo studio. So Didn't they stop doing an episodic for Hitman 2? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> sorry. Just making sure. Yeah, I guess I was thinking more of like, uh, like DLC and stuff as well. Like it, it has the ability to add like oh, new yeah, locations they, and stuff like that. Updating, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then also there's the ability to uh, acquire IP, right? Or uh, surprising uh, second party publishing partnerships. So it's not games that are developed in house, but they're published by Microsoft. Uh, the Cupheads and Ori and the Blind Forests of the World. Um, out of all of these candidates, who do you guys think is most likely? For me, I think IO Interactive would be most likely just because the Hitman games have reviewed well the last two, but they haven't sold necessarily very well. And I think they're kind of like Ninja Theory where they like what they're doing, but they're not really seeing the financial backing for it. And they could be a studio that could see closure if they don't fix things, you know, because the games haven't sold particularly yeah. well. Who do you guys think is most likely one of those Maybe PlayStation if they studios? Aren't too, as long as they aren't like jaded from Square Enix owning them. But yeah, blessing Dom. Any ideas of these companies? Who do you think is most likely as a developer yeah, for? I mean, I'd be shooting in the dark. I, I, any, it could be any. I have no good speculation based on any logic. I'll just I'm say gonna, like, I'm going to speak mark. boldly. I'm going to speak boldly. <laughs> I'm going to say what nobody wants to say, but I'm. I believe in my heart. Uh, two words. Electronic Arts. Jesus Christ, I think that'd be Xbox insane. picks them up, uh, and I think we see a shake-up next generation. <laughs> that would be so yeah. much publisher? money. That would the be the entire <laughs> publisher of Electronic Arts. The one thing I will Jesus say is Christ. that the CEO of Microsoft said that they're going to be spending very aggressively in the gaming sector of Microsoft. That would be very aggressive, like in the billions <laughs> aggressive. But yeah, I think be... I think it was rumored uh, a couple years ago, and the rumor was debunked. But I just like I kept thinking about that rumor and being like, how, could you imagine? Because like they would still probably have to keep publishing FIFA on all platforms and like, um, like the sports games would probably have to keep publishing on all platforms. One because of their sales power, but also because I'm sure they have deals with the actual FIFA organization that like they're gonna publish this on like PlayStation and all this stuff. Um, yeah. But like I I I don't think Microsoft's above. Like I mean, Microsoft's definitely not above publishing games on 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 every platform. In fact, they've kind of like they've been making this transition more and more to being like, hey, we're getting into more third party publishing. Uh, not only with Minecraft, but you see like them put they, you see them putting all their stuff on PC also, um, and you know Cuphead with Nintendo, and like we'll probably see Ori on Nintendo sooner or later. And um, yeah. they've kind of spoken about Xbox as a brand versus Xbox as just a console, and so. It would it it would be a lot of spending. It would be a lot of money to lay down, but it's money that I think Microsoft has um, because they got that Bill Gates money. Um, and oh. I, I I think it would be I'd be I think it would be the most powerful of power moves. I would in, in, for them to do it. I would just love if they bought Bioware and all Bioware's IP and then just took them from them. I don't really need them to That'd buy all too. of EA. I would just love if they bought Bioware and all of the even, Mass Effects. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. Even if I had to play my Bioware games on Xbox, I'd be okay with that as long as you rest them away from the <laughs> clutch. Yeah. Right. The, uh, the thing with that would be if that were to happen, that would be the kind of scenario where, sure, Microsoft, you know, takes over. I don't even think buying would be the right way to phrase it, right? Because that's so massive. But they take over EA, and pretty much from our point of view, nothing actually changes. Um, they just see all the profit. Would, you just see yeah. EA. You still and would see lo- EA all over. And EA would just game, say like, EA yeah. Microsoft would be the, would be the thing. EA dash right. Microsoft would be. Yeah. That's just such a such a big brand already that that's like you know Disney buying Hulu and or whatever things are. It's like well Hulu is still going to exist as it is. Yeah, um, maybe some strategic EA things. Would be what it's yeah. Um, 
we don't really have to talk about this, but it's something I want to mention because people are talking about it as if this game is coming out. You know, every other year we have a Forza game. This year it was set for Forza Motorsport 8. But actually in October of 2018, um, Turn 10 announced that there wouldn't be a new Forza Motorsport game this year. That there wasn't one releasing in 2019. Um, this is probably due to the next-gen Xbox coming out next year. And Forza Motorsport is always a showpiece title for launch for the Xbox. So it makes sense that they give them an extra year to have that game polished to be at ready at launch for the next Xbox. Um... I don't think there's anything more to say here. We know Playground Games is obviously early in development on the next Forza Horizon 5, but the the from Turn 10 and Playground, the likeliest thing we'll see is Playground's new game, if it is in fact Fable, but just want to let people know that don't expect Forza Motorsport because Turn 10 has said it's not going to be there this year. Um, Certain Infinity, I guess we could skip past that. There's not too much to talk about Certain Infinity. Um, real, this is a real quick one. I don't even think we have anything to say about it, but... Recore came out uh, swimming in 6.5s. No one really talked about it. Um, I was wondering, that game was developed by an out of house, you know, second party studio, third party. Uh, do you think Xbox will return to this IP and maybe do like a reboot or a sequel? Or do you think this is just was a one and done that didn't really come to anything and it's just going to be lost in the ether of unused IP? It's one oh, and wow. done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was a cool concept with, like, the robot animals and stuff, but, yeah, it just didn't work out. Um, Creative Assembly. So they kind of have been all in on Total War, it, the new one recently released. They have over 500 employees. If you're not familiar, they also helped with the uh, remaster of Halo 1, Halo Combat Evolved. So they've worked, and on the Master Chief Collection, they've worked on both. Do you think there's any chance that we see something from them of them maybe helping Xbox bring an older title to life again um, at all? It could be because they worked on Halo, but it doesn't mean that they couldn't work with Microsoft on maybe uh, a remaster of Banjo-Kazooie or something where they're not, you know, it's not a, it's not a ground up remake where they're changing things. It's more of like a remaster um, with some new models and stuff, you know, so it's partially a remake because they're building some stuff from the ground up, but... What do you guys think about Creative Assembly showing up? Nothing. Definitely possible. Definitely possible. Um, yeah, I don't know what they. I don't know what it'd be, but it's definitely it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. One thing too that I wanted to mention before we go to the rest of this is a uh, Scalebound. Its trademark was renewed. People think it's returning. Um, no. It's just a trademark being renewed. It happens with business. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think I do think Scalebound Scalebound could return, and I'll be super excited for it to return. But Wait, I think it could I be like. Nint- didn't Nintendo resurrect Scalebound? No, no, it was a rumor. Um, but I want Just them to. Okay. People yeah. thought it was Astral Chain because Platinum was working on a new game that was going to be debuted for Nintendo, and it was oh, around the time Scalebound was. was trademarked, and then Astral Chain was shown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted Scalebound to come back as a Switch thing because I think that'd be awesome. But <laughs> who knows, yeah. man? Why give me what I want? You so. Know? Uh, we have some more lingering questions for third parties, but first we'll talk about uh, one of the biggest things that can happen this year, the next generation of Xbox, right? The next console generation. Should we assume at most a Project Scorpio type tease? If you guys remember, Project Scorpio was shown off as like, we saw the inside of the of the console and we heard developers and people at Xbox talking about the power of the console. And then the following year, we saw the reveal of, of the Xbox One X and its release. Do you guys think we're going to see, see something like that where it's a tease as opposed to an actual announcement? Um, and if it is teased, do you think it's in a family of consoles type way? Or do we just see one of the models over the other? 
I got mad predictions on this. So. Okay, you're going to hold on. Yeah, I got a prediction on this too. Okay. Jordan, anything? I think that it's uh, – I definitely think we could get a little tease there. I mean, we got a tease last year when they said that they were working on it. So. Yep. And we got a tease from Bethesda too when uh, Todd Howard said that uh, Elder Scrolls and Starfield were for the next generation, right? So not specifically Xbox, but tease the next generation consoles. Um, yeah. Some lingering third-party questions. So – I actually wrote this before we got the announcement of it being called Marvel's Avengers, but Square Enix's Avengers project. Um, we know that Xbox are now one of only three not to partner with Marvel uh, in terms of like an exclusive, right? We had Sony with the Spider-Man game. We had Nintendo with Ultimate Alliance 3, which only exists because of Nintendo. Does Square Enix share the reveal for their own... Does they Do they save their reveal for their own primetime conference? Because we know they're showing it. They had that announcement. Do you think maybe Xbox struck a deal to where we see Avengers on their show at all? I don't think so. I think I think it was a possibility before they came out and said, like, we'll see it at the Square Enix conference. Um, because now, like, if they show it at Microsoft, I think that kind of undermines that whole thing. Is then like, oh, well, like, I guess it's being shown here, too. Um, plus, it was, like, the thing you, like, like what you said earlier, right, with, um, um, I forgot the game we were talking about. Maybe it was, was it Avengers? Where we were talking about, like, Square Enix they saw Dying Light last 2. year. Dying Light 2, yes. Um, like they're going they're going to want to keep some um, reveals for themselves in order to actually give their own conference like a meaning to exist. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, to have Avengers Dying Light 2 and Final Fantasy 7 being first shown there would make sense. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm of two minds because part of me wants to agree and say like yeah, they they want to keep this this is huge this is avengers this is crystal dynamics right they want to keep that uh, to themselves and just take in the the love from that but even though people criticized what they did with kingdom hearts uh showing it all over the damn place uh, and it, even in a redundant type fashion the game sold bonkers and it wasn't like super critically well received and a lot of people a lot of people like jordan and myself who played the previous games were even kind of like slightly let down by that but it's just sold like a shit ton. I think it might even still be the best-selling game this year. Like, we talked about it last week. As of the most recent NPDs, yeah, it was. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe it would have sold that well or better had they, you know, announced it only or shown it only in one conference last year. But in my mind, they might be thinking well, that was a great strategy, and so they might do the same with Avengers and just try to pimp that thing out all over the place. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, so since we haven't really seen any of the characters, we've seen the shield and the hammer and stuff, do you think a way that they could showcase this at Xbox and still have a good reveal at their own conference is maybe we get a short cinematic teaser where we actually see some of the heroes in action and then it ends with Seymour at the Square Enix show and then at Square Enix shows where we get the gameplay and a lot more details about it. you think that's likely? I think that that is at least possible because uh, this game is certainly big enough to warrant it. Yeah. Uh, next up, speaking of a game that's big enough to warrant a lot of things, if if our hopes and ambitions are correct, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, obviously Respawn's Star Wars game. We know Xbox has a marketing rights. They were all over the reveal of this game, if you guys remember. So it's very likely that we do see this game in some fashion at Xbox's show because they have the rights to the marketing on this We'll see it first during EA Play. They don't have a conference this year. Um, and I think that actually lends it a stronger chance for this to show up in Xbox's stage because 
there are going to be people that watch the EA Play live stream, right? But I don't think it's going to be the numbers that an actual set conference would be because though they've set a time to show this game, I still think people, the average person that isn't us doing a podcast or talking about games all the time is just not even going to know that exists, right? You have a better chance of them seeing it at the Xbox conference. So, I don't know. Do you guys think that's likely that we'll see Jedi Fallen Order? Very. I th- yeah, I think yeah. so. Like, they did they did it with Anthem last year yep. where they first showed off. I, I think it was last year, right, where they showed off Anthem and then they were, like, more at the Xbox conference. Maybe it was the year before. I don't remember. No, it was last year because they, they, they had the sit-down for EA where they had, like, the logo in the background, right? And then uh, for Xbox is uh, when they had, like, the actual gameplay, like, in-depth gameplay. Gotcha. Um, and so I think... There, that shows that Microsoft and EA aren't necessarily above it, uh, and so I could I could see it happening. Now, and that and that's also when they announced that they've acquired EA. <laughs> now <laughs> let's get to the juiciest thing of this Xbox conference before we get into the rapid fire questions. Great Rune. If you're not familiar, this was rumored in early 2019 that uh, Germ was working. Germ is George R. R. Martin was working on with From wow. Software on their next game. Uh, it was said to be open world, involve horse riding, multiple kingdoms, and you gain the kingdom leaders' powers by defeating them, kind of Mega Man style, right? Um, so, George R. R. Martin stated in a mid-May blog post following the Game of Thrones finale that he consulted with the video game out of Japan, which lent fire to these rumors from early 2019, right? Oh, he's working on a game out of Japan. That lines up with the rumors that we heard he was working with from software. Then, after journalists saw this, they felt that they had enough corroborated sources that they stated that uh, they can confirm that From's next game they've been working on for three plus years will be revealed at Microsoft Stage on in E3 2019. Along with this, we've heard from Jason Schreier that he heard that it's coming out in early 2020. There's other things talking about how from Software's games tend to be loosely based on a certain theme, right? Um, we've seen that with uh, Dark Souls, which is like uh, high fantasy. Um, Sekiro is obviously a shinobi samurai, fe- uh, feudal Japan type, uh, Sengoku era, right? I think that's correct. And then Bloodborne yeah. is like, uh, what would you call it? Victorian, like uh, Lovecraftian. Yeah. So with with this ge- cosmic core, yeah, with this game, the rumors are it's be- uh, it's based on Celtic mythology. So first it was Norse mythology that people thought, but finding some stuff in the back end of like from site and like some concept art they've talked about, people think that this is actually going to be based on Celtic mythology. Um, there's another rumor on top of this, rumors upon rumors, that one of the studios Microsoft is going to announce that they've acquired is from software, which I think is crazy, and I don't think that's wow. possible. But uh, the last thing is that this game is going to be published by Bandai Namco, so going back to their familiar publisher, not Activision. Um, I just want to talk about the likelihood of this game appearing. What do you guys think about it? Uh, I obviously, Dami and you recently finished Sekiro, and the uh, the chance of us getting another from game in a year, less than a year technically would be super exciting. I mean, they kind of like keep that pace. So. Yeah, there was only there was a, like a 2-year gap where they didn't do it with like Darasine and something else, but before that it was a uh, launch every year. There was, you know, Bloodborne came out and the following year was Dark Souls 3. So, uh, and the year before Bloodborne was uh Dark Souls 2. Yeah, I yeah. suspect that they're very segmented because they have said uh, a year or two ago that, you know, they have like three projects going on like pretty well far along right yeah um, one of those ended up being Sekiro 
I think the other two we still don't know. Um, so potentially this is it, right? Yeah. I could see it. Um, people have thought that this might be a, a Xbox exclusive. I highly doubt that. I think the only way that is is if they somehow buy from software, which I don't think is likely either. Um, I, I just want to. I just want to hear from you guys. Like, so George R. R. Martin consulting on this game, the chance of it showing up, the Celtic mythology it possibly being based on. How, how does that interest you? And maybe blessing for you, who somebody is not really a from software person. How does this whole like rumor and announcement of this game feel to you from the outside? I think it's super exciting uh, for the people that this appeals to. Because yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, a, a um, so- from software person. I tried Sekiro. I still couldn't get into it. And Sekiro seemed like it could have been the one to kind of pull me in. And it didn't. And, like, I'm not a Game of Thrones person. Uh, or, so I'm not, I'm not really that into uh, George Railroad Martin. But um, <laughs> I think for people who pe- I mean, people who are, um, this seems super exciting. From software, it's kind of, like, I think shown themselves to be, like, very diverse in, in terms of, like, um, the settings that they could place their games in like they do like they make very similar games but like they they the the styles and the writing and, and all this stuff like lore wise like all the games are fairly different and and seem like they're fairly interesting as far as what they, what they tackle from that perspective um for it to be like a like an open world like a horse riding king like different kingdoms all this stuff the stuff that like kind of lends itself to the writing of george R. R. martin um seems cool and Man, yeah, like I could, I, it's it's another one where seeing the rumor, seeing the details of the rumor, I I fully believe that it will probably be shown at Xbox. Um, the idea of Microsoft buying from software, I think, is crazy. But yeah, I think I I I, I can see it. I think that sounds good. <laughs> I love that the guy who said that they could buy EA is saying that them buying from software <laughs> yeah. is crazy. I love it. From uh, software is a step too far. Yeah, uh, Jordan. So we've talked about on the podcast um, numerous times that. You know, from software uh, are really good at gameplay, and their stories are and their narrative are told differently. So you're either into it or you're not. And Sekiro did a very good job at delivering a narrative you can understand from beginning to end a lot more than the previous games, right? Without you having to watch a lot of video video. With George R. R. Martin right. Consulting, he's obviously great at world building and uh, character, right? Developing characters. Do you think that this marriage between the two could deliver possibly one of From's best games because they have their gameplay alongside the consulting of somebody who's an expert storyteller? Yeah, I think that you see in Sekido that the storytelling has greatly improved and that's something that they've been wanting to work on and wanting to get better at. <clears throat> and then if you bring somebody like George a railroad in then uh, I don't see like why else uh, I mean there's plenty of other reasons that he could be there but that has to be the main reason yeah uh, Dom obviously like I said earlier me and you recently finished Sekiro how do you feel about this whole thing are you really excited because I'm my hype is through the roof on this I cannot wait see, I hope it's true I'm going to be the old man here and say like there's a lot of conclusion jumping going on um there's a lot of other developers that exist in japan that he could have been referencing george r R. martin um they could have been you know helping out um i'm just trying to temper my expectations here because we're i I feel like well it's not so it's not necessarily conclusion jumping that the journalists once george r R. martin posted that he was working on a game out of japan the journalist said that from their sources he was working with from they were just waiting for him to corroborate it Okay, I guess it... Because the way journalism yeah, I, works is you need to have enough 
um, sources so that way you can validate that it's true or not, right? And you don't want to say something too early to where you don't have enough sources to have validity to it. So Yeah, but that still seems like it's only adding, you know, one out of however many devs exist in Japan worth of validity to an existing rumor. I don't know. I'm just trying to But keep it's it's multiple journalists. So it's several journalists all hearing from sources that from software is working with George R. R. Martin, you know. I'm with you. I don't don't get too excited if it doesn't actually happen, but I think it's a little bit more set in stone than an open rumor of, you know, wild speculation. So I don't know. Like pretty much all that all, all this kind of shit I never really believe until Schreier says it. Um <laughs> I just I get like too many of those bullshit ass gaming, you know, uh sites in my Twitter feed that I don't believe for a second. Um, so for the it sake seems like of people the, love to jump in here. I don't know. For the sake of the podcast, just pre- let's pretend it's real. And how excited would you be if this game exists, if it is real, and it's coming out next year? Oh, through the roof. I, I would. My mind would literally explode and be a huge mess in my house because my brains would be all over the wall. Uh, that'd be incredible. Yeah. Yeah. That's You're gonna two things I love coming shoot together. Shoot yourself in the head over this game? Jesus. No, it's just going to explode. It's just going to, from within. God, one of the you one know? of my least favorite phrases when people are like, gun to my head, I'll choose this. It's like, okay, you don't have to do that. It's a little bit, little bit intense. Well, I uh, will add. My mom was kidnapped <laughs> and tortured. Actually, they have my family, Jared. <laughs> John Bertolt kicks Pokemon down Ridgemon. his door. If that was uh, the case. What were you going to say, Dom? Actually, nothing because I'm going to save it for predictions. Okay. So this next part is different than how we normally do rapid fire. Normally, it's a set of specific uh, questions or games, and I have you guys uh, answer them individually. For this one, there's so many third-party and unused IP for Microsoft that could show up that we're going to do a little differently. So each of you is going to have a set of five either game developers or games. They're mixed up in there. And I want you to tell me if yes or no they're going to show up, and two, if it's a, a development studio what game they're going to be showing. So it's a rapid fire. If the what game they're going to be showing is a little bit too much to think about, you don't have to worry about it. We'll move on to the next one, okay? So we're going to be starting off with Jordan. You're five. Jordan, are you ready? Mm. First up, Rocksteady. Rapid fire. I need quick answers. Yes or no <laughs> is it showing up? Okay, that's. I was wondering, like, what are you saying about Rockstar? Are they making a Justice League game or what? Are they showing up? Is well, yeah, I, I yes. just explained. Yeah, so A, are they showing up? And B, if they are showing up, what, in your opinion, is the most likely thing they're showing? The Batman, like, share of world shooter type deal they were doing. Oh, the Bat Family <laughs> thing? The, uh, the rumor Bat yeah. Family. Uh, number Martin two, Destiny. Doom Eternal. Um, at Xbox, no. So I guess it would just be no, right? Yeah, it's only for the studios <laughs> you have to worry about the game, yeah. Uh, number three, Man and Madon, which is the Until Dawn developer's uh, new game. It's an interesting yes. one. Yes. And, um, well, they'll be showing Man and Madon, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, as I said, Man and Madon <laughs> is going to show up. would be super just, yeah. Okay, yes. Well, it, I, I specifically picked games because we know what Supermassive's game is. So it's just, if it's a game, yes or no. If it's a studio, yes or no. And the game they're working on. Uh, Bad Company 3. Ooh. Uh, Battlefield, no. A new Bioshock game. Yep. Really? Ooh. I hope so. 
you who do Man. you think do you think uh it'll this is a bonus part to it do you think it'll be like numbered or do you think it'll be um like a subtitled mm, subtitled subtitled okay uh dom you'll go next new splinter cell no in the valley of the gods which is the Firewatch devs' next game. Remember, they were recently acquired yeah. by uh, Valve. I can say Steam. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I'm going to get confident on that one. <laughs> that game is slated for 2019. Uh, Madden 20. No. What? No. Uh, Xbox has marketing with Madden. So, just that's why it's Not included. an E3. Well, I mean... <laughs> you know yeah, I, mean. I know what you mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes. Uh, and this one should be a no-brain answer. Call of Duty. Yes, hundred percent. No, it's a it's a hundred percent no. Really? Yeah. Well, they announced they're going to be showing up at E3 Coliseum. So the assumption is, if they're there, they're not going to be at Xbox, and that they they have the licensing deal with PlayStation. So I don't know if they can appear at Xbox's stage. Fucking way to go, dog. So maybe not a hundred percent, but it's like there's a lot of stuff pointing to no. I should say. I guess the more you, when you kind of lay that out, it makes sense. But I like a few <laughs> days ago, I was thinking like, oh, usually they're at Sony's show, but since Sony doesn't have a show. They'd be at Xbox, but and probably not, actually. The thing with you. the new reveal, too, with the Modern Warfare is for the PlayStation trailer, uh, content's coming to the PlayStation version seven days early. So they still have the marketing with that game. So good chance that includes an E3 presentation, too. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, Blessing, you ready? Yes. This first one is kind of loose. Uh, Marvel Partnership. So I'm an exclusive no. Xbox game. No, okay. Yeah. Uh, Mainly because bi- there's, there's a lot of other ones right now. Yeah, this game was revealed and then disappeared. Biomutant. I don't know if you remember it. No. Yeah, I remember it. Uh, I'm gonna say no. One. I thought that game already came out, but I guess it didn't. <laughs> uh, I think I'm. I'm thinking of Road to Eden. I think. Uh, Mutant Year Zero, whatever that thing Mutant was. Year Zero. Yeah. Biomutant yeah, is the one with what... like Rocket Raccoon. Uh, yeah. Looking guy. Uh, uh, I'm gonna say no. Yeah. Go- Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh. Yes. Unfortunately. <laughs> Harry Potter. Ouch. Harry, we have John Bernthal fans here. I mean, uh, <laughs> that's true. I forget John Bernthal's in that game, but he can't save it alone. That game's gonna be great. What are you talking about? I can't wait for it. Yeah, I need Rick Grimes. It'll be fine. It'll be, I need it'll be good. Rick Grimes. Uh, <laughs> that that uh, leaked Harry Potter RPG from Warner yes. Brothers. Yeah, we'll see it. Ooh, cool. Uh, this one, uh, a Dino Crisis or Turok reboot? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dino Crisis. Who, who owns Dino Crisis? Capcom. Ooh. There's a rumor no, that they it. have a reboot in development using the yeah. RE engine. So who owns Dino Crisis? The yeah, meteor like, that fucking Dino- stinks <laughs> in them. Because yeah, like what the rumor is that like it'll be like RE6, but Dino Crisis or whatever. Yeah. And Turok to me has always felt like an Xbox relative property. Like you could see a Turok reboot showing up on Xbox's stage. You know, shooting dinosaurs yeah. going crazy. Um, like, who wants that? If they do it right, it could be cool. It could be like a adult-oriented Jurassic Park game, you know. But I don't know if anybody if I, could do that right. If I'm at Best Buy well, and I see, if I'm at Best Buy and I see a box with Turok written on it, I'm taking it. and I'm throwing it in the garbage at oh Best my Buy. God. A damn hater. <laughs> <laughs> so this one's a little bit different. This is focusing on uh, Microsoft's owned IP. So. Same thing, yes or no, if you think it's going to appear. You can add a little bit on it if you want to specifically say like if it's a sequel or a reboot or what type of game. You don't need to, though. I will start off with you again, Jordan. Viva Pinata. Yeah. All day. Perfect Dark. No. Blue Dragon. No. Phantom Dust. Get the fuck. 
no. He dumped it. And Brute Force. What the hell uh, is that? No. You don't remember Brute Force? Oh, guy, you need to do yourself a favor. Brute Force it, it back into my memory, Jared. It's uh, it's disgusting. Um, oh. I guess the first... Yeah, not, I'd rather Jared not Brute Force <laughs> anything on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope we see Viva Pinata, Jordan. God, I hope we see Viva Pinata. Yeah, man, yeah. Um... Dom, you're up next. Actually, no, I made this one specifically for Blessing. So, Blessing, Conquer. Sir. Uh, ooh. Um, I'm going to say yes. Out of, like, hope, but probably no. <laughs> uh, this is one that people don't usually talk about. Xbox, Microsoft owns Zoo Tycoon. It was a launch title for the Xbox One. It could possibly be a launch title for the next Xbox. We might see it just next year, but this year. I'm going to say of- yes. Yes, okay. Fusion Frenzy. Uh, no, if God shines down on us. <laughs> Jet Force Gemini. Yes, if God shines down on us. <laughs> uh, Crimson Skies. No. That's another one like Turok where I'm like, I know people care, but like, do they care care? <laughs> yeah, do they care care? Do they Battletoads care? Um, yeah. Dom, you ready? Yes, let's roll. Banjo-Kazooie. No. Killer Instinct. No. Do you know what Killer Instinct is? Nope, but it's not showing up at Microsoft. <laughs> it's their it's their fighting franchise. Yeah, they have it on oh, okay. Xbox. It's like free to play right now, I think. Yeah, it has. The last season was like two years ago, I think, though, by uh, Iron uh, Galaxy. They were the ones doing it. Um, Lost Odyssey. No. Grabbed by the Ghoulies. Fucking no. What no? Cameo. No. So that was a no sweep. You don't Just think Banjo's coming back? I think Banjo's the most likely no. out of like these fifteen games properties. Yeah, most likely at a whopping five percent likelihood. Sure. <laughs> I so when I, I was thinking that, that that you're gonna ask me Banjo, and I was gonna I was gonna say yes, but a Smash DLC. Ooh, ooh, interesting. I don't think we see any Banjo game though. Yeah. So that's it for the show. We're gonna be going to the predictions portion of the podcast where we. We're going to be each giving three predictions and then our dream. The way it's going to work is I give one, Jordan, Dom, Blessing, then me. You know, give our three predictions and our dreams. I'll start off. My first prediction. Let's see here. I'm looking for the ones I've written down. Uh, okay. I'm going to say uh, the one thing that we forgot to mention earlier is that the From Software's next game is rumored to be called Great Rune. So, because that leads to more, towards that? my prediction. I did say it? Okay. Um. Hold on, I'm going to pause to wait for this. I'll edit this out. I'm going to wait for this ice cream truck to pass by outside. <laughs> You're going to wait for it? You're going to grab Man, will you grab me like a fucking push pop? Predictions music. Yeah. <laughs> Time for the predictions push music. Push pop, Dom. Push pop. What did I say? Let's just wait for it for a couple of no, seconds. No, push pops are just by. lame as fuck. Those are good, man. You push them up, they're cleaner. Tell me about the orange <laughs> ones, like the Flintstone branded ones. Yeah, sure. Cream pops or whatever they're called. Push I like cream ice cream pops. sandwiches the best, though, to be honest. Yeah, they get messy, man. Like, they get, like, stuck to your fingers if it's too hot. And that's the problem, yeah. So that's why you have to, like, cut it in half and then hold the plastic on the bottom half, and then when you eat the top half, you have to, like, peel it off. It's, mm. it's See, a I'm, thing. I'm too much of a caveman. I just deal with it because it's delicious. One thing I will say, Clean it's, like, after. diabetes central, but the ice cream sandwiches that are actually cookies on either side. Oh. Things are... With the M&Ms in them? Oh, too much. Great, but a lot of sugar. You're talking to the dude that just put Reese's Cups in his brownies. Yeah, is, there's no such thing as too much sugar. What is yeah, taking it? Let's this, go. This ice cream yeah, truck is like ghost riding the whip outside. What is he doing? Ghost riding <laughs> the whip. 
Sorry. Well, I'll, I mean, I'll I edit all the sound. I can barely fucking hear that. You guys How can barely hear so it. How is that so loud? I can hear him. Yeah, like, like I can just barely hear it. You got like the window open? No, I'm in my room, which is like <laughs> 35 feet from the front door. I'm just actually gonna close the front door because this dude's like taking his time. He's selling it to every kid in the neighborhood. Yeah, entrepreneur. An entrepreneur. He said. Ice cream man entrepreneur. Man, there's like an episode of King Struck of Queens where like Doug fucking Heffernan buys an ice cream truck for like three grand. Like, you want to hear the worst oh luck? God. He's parked outside, right? Selling to people. And he's literally parked right in front of my house, right in front of my front door. Like, so there's a line of like Jeez. 15 people. Okay. Everyone good to go? I can't hear yeah, it Just at make all. sure you give him the I, I, I close the front door. I wouldn't close the front door. Jingle. Everyone good? Blessing you good? Yep, I'm good. Okay. Oh, he's Is out your a front door just open, Jared? Uh, yeah. He has an open house. Well, <laughs> we have a screen door that's locked, but like the big door is open. God. It gets hot God. here, so it's like to be able to have air circulation through the house. You know what I mean? So we're not dying. Gotcha, gotcha. Um. Anyway, so I'm actually gonna start from the predictions part again. So I'll cut after we finish the. We'll just start from the predictions, okay? So I'm gonna. I'm not gonna do the intro part of it, but we're gonna start with me saying my first prediction. Three. Two, one. Okay, so um, I wasn't sure if I mentioned this earlier for the From Software thing, but the game's called Great Rune. Um, yep, you mentioned it. Good yeah, job. yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> I couldn't remember if I mentioned it or not. So, uh, my prediction is From Software's next game gets shown. It gets a 2020 release window, and it's not called Great Rune. I think that was an in-house development project name. I think it's going to get called something else. Part of me thinks that, like, From could name a game Great Rune. It's just, like, you know, it's like Dark Souls, Great Rune, Bloodborne, like, especially if it's based off a of Celtic mythology that uh, we've heard in the rumors. But, yeah, so that's my prediction. From's new game gets shown, uh, which is a rumor right now. Uh, 2020 release window isn't named Great Rune. Uh, Jordan, what's your first prediction? So my first prediction uh, relates to Ninja Theory, and I think that they are going to unveil Hellblade 2. Hellblade, oh, so a follow-up, a sequel. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes, uh, any, just a, or just a reveal, right? No date, no nothing attached to it? Nah. Okay. Uh, Dom, what's your first prediction? <sighs> All right, I got a couple here to choose from. I got a, I got a hopper, just in case any of you jerks steal some of mine. But <clears throat> first, I'm going to go with, let me see here what I like most. Four new titles announced as coming to Game Pass. Specific titles pointed out. Um, one of which is Fallout 76. Okay. So the prediction is four total, one of them being Fallout 76. Yeah. And four is kind of, you know, that's a hard... Because obviously the, I, we'd all probably agree they're going to announce new Game Pass titles, but I'm going to say specifically four and specifically Fallout is one of them. Mm-hmm. Fallout 76 is one of them, yeah. Yes. The original Fallout coming to Game Pass would be crazy, the top-down. Um, <laughs> Blessing, what's your first prediction? Uh, let me let me take a look at my list right here. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, we get another extended demo of Cyberpunk 2077. CD Projekt Red shows off some more in-depth features and how choices ripple after time. Uh, we are also introduced to the big threat in the game and a release date of 2020. The so funny enough, big threat as in size or as in like like uh, the main kind of like. I want to say main antagonist, but like I guess the main like 
thing, like main bad thing. Yeah, if yeah. that makes sense. Like not big as in like there's a big cyber smoke cloud. I was just saying because there's technology. There's a loophole there because you can get it either way, right? If it's it's a loose term, it's like he's not he's a big he's the biggest bad guy in the game, but he's not necessarily the main antagonist. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, they just show like the brute, uh, the brutal like, enemy or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, big threat. Cool, cool. Uh, second prediction here. Um, I'm gonna say that they'll uh, Microsoft is gonna announce three newly acquired studios, and to make it a little bit spicy. Uh, one of them will be a Japanese developer. Mm, so nice. maybe not from Very software, nice. but somebody Japanese. Um, okay. Jordan, what's your second prediction? I, I added so that because the first first part isn't really too interesting. So, anyways, go ahead. When I gave you the most vague description earlier about uh, the guy in the Coliseum trying to yeah. take down the dragon, be Project soon. Awakening. I don't even know what you're talking That doesn't do anything for me. I'm going to Google this. I don't Is remember. Is that the Scalebound sequel? The no, here's the deal. It was actually unveiled for, by PlayStation for Tokyo Game Show. So oh, I remember this. I got you. Yeah. I remember this now. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, but what I do think instead is uh, we're going to get a, uh, no, uh, but a <laughs> fantasy reveal from Microsoft. And so what I think they're going to do is they're going to unveil a new Fable game from Playground, right? But I think that this Fable is going to be uh, more like grounded in reality and realistic looking. It's still going to have magic and could even have like a goofy sense of humor. Uh, but I don't think it'll look as like cartoony. So. Oh, okay. So they're going for a more, I guess mature would be the wrong word, but like you said, a more realistic, not as, because it is very cartoony with not only its proportions, but its artistic uh, style overall. Sure. Interesting, yeah. It, you saying, uh, gra you know, realistic, but in a fantasy world or whatever, reminds me of, on a separate note, the uh, new Pixar Onward movie that had a trailer. Um, it'd be interesting to see a game like that where it's, current day but in a fantasy world so everybody kind of moved past all the magic and stuff it'd be really interesting mm. uh dom what's your second prediction all right the from software game is shown great rune whatever the hell they call it i don't care if it's you know it's celtic whatever <laughs> the, the main part here of this prediction though is that it is going to be announced as a microsoft exclusive game not that they bought from software, but just that they're publishing this game, and so it's only coming out on Xbox and PC. Ooh. The cool thing, too, that I thought about is if it's based on Celtic mythology, there's a lot of green in that, so it vibes well with Xbox as well. Mm. The problem is, if this is an Xbox exclusive, just like PlayStation has to deal with, we'll likely never get a great rune, too. So... <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> I, I like that prediction. The Xbox exclusive, not from buying them. But your prediction does ring true, because if they do purchase them... And it is Xbox exclusive. Your prediction has nothing to do with them purchasing them. It'd just be like an added bonus there. And I just see this because they, from software, has in the past worked with uh, Sony just to publish Bloodborne and just that project. Yeah. They've now worked with Activision to publish uh, Sekiro across pl different platforms. And I'm, I don't see why they wouldn't work with just Microsoft to and one game published on that platform. The three-year development that they've had it in kind of lines up with when Phil Spencer started engaging with the Japanese studios and publishers and stuff like that so it could line up pretty well that he struck a deal sometime between then and now you know wouldn't it be too bonus surprising? point prediction 
on top of that, obviously, if this is the game where George R. R. Martin Railroad uh, old man finished the books, uh, George R. R. Martin <laughs> Railroad, <laughs> yes, um, Martin. Obviously, if that were the case, you got to imagine in that you know initial splash screen, you know, from George, you know, from, from the George mind R. R. of George R. R. Martin, or yeah. the, from R. the writer R. of Game of Thrones, Martin Railroad. Yeah, uh, I think we do not see that. And there's no confirmation that he's at all involved. Just because mm. I'm salty about these journalists. Oh, I... If he is... So, you're saying that he's not involved, not that he is involved and they wouldn't mention it. Bonus Correct. prediction, yeah. this is him remaking Game of Thrones Season Jesus 8. Christ. And it's just in video game form. <laughs> he, uh, he, he signed the petition, too. Uh, Blessing, what's your second prediction? Uh, Alright. Xbox... Uh, talks about their new console and specifically the cloud streaming capabilities that are possible with it through Microsoft Azure. They allude to how Nintendo and Sony have even tapped into Azure to assist in their solutions. They give an example of why their cloud streaming is so powerful and they let us know that we can expect to hear more about the future of Xbox very soon. And then they show uh, the, the screen of a Microsoft PC and they grab Google Stadia's icon and they drag it to the recycle bin. <laughs> exactly. Ah, <nice. laughs> you just like look in the recycle bin and it's just Google Stadia and a copy of Turok. Oh, God. <laughs> and PlayStation Now, sadly, oh. if they stick to Microsoft uh-huh. Azure. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really hope that they show that off. I think that's more likely that they focus on the cloud stuff as opposed to the console. I think the console will more likely be a tease. So I like mm-hmm. your prediction. Um, third. So I talked about From's game. I talked about new studios. One of you already had, uh, Jordan, yours was Fable 4. I'm just going through them to see what would be something that hasn't been talked about. And you talked about Ninja Theory. Um, no one's done anything on the initiative, correct? Correct. correct. No one's done anything on Nintendo, correct? Not, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, actually, that means that I'll go for something else. Sorry, you have that one, Dom. And no one's mentioned anything about Halo Infinite, right? Correct. So I'm gonna go with Halo Infinite gets shown. Uh, it's they're gonna, it's gonna be very apparent whether spoken or unspoken that it's an open world game. Um, and obviously us three can come to an agreement. It's you know what I when I mean pretty apparent. It's like oh it plays like an open world game. You'll see that. Uh, it gets a 2020 release window, and uh, we'll hear Cortana speak at some point in it. Cortana. Chief. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what's your last prediction? Um, they didn't purchase Play Dead, did they? Uh, no. Oh, God, no. I wish they would. That's a game that could appear this year. Their third game, their astronaut game that they've been working on. Oh, Mac, so, please forgot about that. God damn it! <laughs> you got my prediction right there. Uh, Play Dead's new game will be there, and little bonus prediction, just for fun. I think they might acquire uh, Play Dead. That would be a huge get, man. Limbo was like a was a I would say a, a solid good game. Had a lot of good ideas. I thought Inside was fantastic. Yeah. I love Inside. Um, so seeing their next yeah. game would be dope. Um, I hope that happens. Honestly, that's up there with From for me, Jordan. Of seeing Play Dead's next game, I really yeah. love that studio. Dom, uh, yeah. what's your last prediction? Uh, so I'm gonna jump off or extend blessings. Uh, xCloud prediction. So yeah, they bring it up. Um, they they give it an, an official name. Um, they talk about how it's going to work. Um, <clears throat> they also, though, announce an actual a Roku-style device. Um, hmm. Basically, you know, 100 bucks or whatever that 
is an entry point into xCloud if you don't have an Xbox. Okay. So it's like something you'd like plug it. in and, and then, be able to use the Xbox Game Pass or whatever. Exactly. So a cheap uh, entry point into that. I'll also add, they'll mention, you know, we're going to do like a user beta, whatever, however they want to, you know, define it. Uh, later this year, they don't mention like a price model or anything like that. Got it. Interesting. I know that there's a lot of pieces and parts, but this yeah, is kind of a sense. big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Blessing, close us out with your last prediction before we hop into Dreams. Uh, oh, we're playing Dreams CS4. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> a Harry Potter RPG uh, from WB Interactive Entertainment is revealed. Make your own wizard, explore Hogwarts, and fight a new evil. Ooh. Jesus, did they hire you to write that shit? <laughs> they did. <laughs> no, they didn't. Dude, um, I'm just thinking about, like, if yeah. they have everything we expect them to have with Cyberpunk and all these games, and then they unveil the Harry Potter game, dude, people yeah, are going to lose their goddamn mind. Oh, dude, man. I'm going to, like... Wingardium Leviosa. You'll only see me for the next, like, two weeks wearing, like, a, I'll have a wand in one of those outfits that they have <laughs> in Hogwarts. One of the fresh, like, cardigans is all I'll be wearing for the next two weeks of the reveal. The fresh Harry Potter. If you think about it, man, Warner Brothers could have had their own mini press conference with Cyberpunk because they're publishing it in the West, Rocksteady's next game, oh, and the Harry Potter game. Yep. Yeah. And Shadow of Mordor 3. Yeah. I hope they save that. prediction. No, I'm playing. I hope they save that for next gen because I want to see the Nemesis system, like, taken to the next level, you know? That'd be really yeah, cool. I, so, I mean, I kind of want to see the Nemesis system kind of, like, uh, calm down a little bit just because like in shadow of war i feel like the nemesis system kind of went too far but if they could like hone it and then like i don't know man like expand it They're in smarter ways your pen pals and start <laughs> contacting you outside yeah. the game because like the nemesis system in shadow of war was just unwieldy uh, i guess more really refined cool, but like next level in terms yeah. of refining it right and making it better not necessarily like the scope of it making it larger um time yeah. for dreams Let's see here. What is my dream going to be? Dream, dream, dream. I'm going to dream that we get the announcement of a Banjo-Kazooie, a new Banjo-Kazooie game. It's not a remake. It's not a remaster. It's a reimagining. So it's not called Banjo-Kazooie 4, right? Because it's 2E, then Nuts and Bolts. So this would be 4, correct? Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to be Banjo-Kazooie 4. I think it's going to be Banjo-Kazooie getting the God of War treatment in terms of naming. Hopefully quality, but who knows. Banjo-Kazooie, semicolon, God of War. God of War. Yeah, so we're going to see Banjo-Kazooie. Um, I don't think we're going to necessarily see like extended gameplay or anything. I think it'll be, at most, a slight cinematic of showing the characters like in a brand new engine looking crispy. But I do think we'll see like a, a nice new logo with the rare uh, logo attached to it. Um I think we'll so it's the announcement of uh, Banjo Kazooie, the next iteration, the reimagining, um, and to make this more of a dream, I'll say that it. Uh, mm. I'll say that it ends with the tease of the witch Grunhilda or whatever the hell her name is. I don't remember the name of the Grunhilda. witch. Grunhilda. Um, and we we get the t- it says like next generation or it's alluded to that this is coming for the next generation of Xbox. Whether Phil says that or, it, you know, it says coming later, whatever, right? It's not stated for 2019 or 2020, but it, clearly for next gen. That's my dream. Uh, Jordan, what's your dream? All right. Well, uh, my dream is, well, I hate to be obvious, uh, but uh, John Bernthal comes out <laughs> oh in God. to reveal Bioshock 4. God, man, that would be dope if he was the lead of Bioshock. Bioshock. 
<sighs> I mean, what's your real dream? Let's get to it. <laughs> I like the bit. You no, know, but... my real dream is that Bioshock Four gets revealed, whatever it is uh, called, whether it's a uh, four or uh, subtitle. You know, um, I think that it would be monumental if Bernthal was there, but uh, I think I would settle for just a new Bioshock. <laughs> Before we get to Dom's dream, real quick, uh, Jordan, uh, how do you feel if it had a female protagonist? Well, she's no John Bernthal. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I oh just had God. to take that. Yeah. Let but, me tell uh, you about how I feel about women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I think that uh, I think that that would be cool with me. You know, I always like to play as a female when given a choice in a game, just because there's not very many, uh, still not it, plenty of uh, female protagonists in AAA games. So, um, be totally fine with me. I mean, it's a first person. Uh, shooter series at the core, so it wouldn't be. Um, we're not gonna get any like, oh well, it's hard to make a female character model. Oh god, bullshit. Yeah, I, it just it's an interesting thing because it'd be new for the franchise and it might give a a refreshing like reveal, right? Who knows? Um, yeah. Dom, your third, your dream. I was gonna say your third prediction. Your your dream. All right. Well, since no one, I don't, I'm surprised no one said it yet, but my dream. The X Cloud is shown to be available on the Nintendo Switch specifically, and along with it comes um, the Game Pass subscription. So Game Pass titles are a part of X Cloud. That's how you get to it, right? Including your first-party Microsoft games. Meaning that X Cloud on the Switch will let me play Halo Infinite and Gears Five on it wherever I'm at. So is it basically like? playstation now where you're just streaming the game as opposed to having it on your console exactly yep cool because there's no way switch could run run it up unless it's off the cloud right yeah and they already have streaming happening in japan with resident evil 7 and i don't remember the right. other game that's streaming on the switch in japan i'm pretty sure you can do resident evil 7 on american switches right uh it's the whole cloud thing i don't know they were doing it in japan i got it right here i'll check um <laughs> Blessing, hit us with your dream. Uh, so this is this is one that's probably gonna happen, uh, but it's a big one. Uh, I figured I should make it a dream anyway, just in case um, Microsoft reviews it that way. I don't know. Uh, Jeff Force Gemini reboot being developed by Rare, open world planets. Uh, Juno, the main. If you know, if you're familiar with the with the Jeff Force Gemini main characters, Juno is voiced by Troy Baker. Uh, Vela is voiced by Amy Johnson, and Lupus is voiced by Nolan North. Lupus oh is like the tiny God. dog with like the jet force feet or with the jet feet. Um, I see what you're doing feet. here. Jesus. Yeah. Um, competitive and cooperative multiplayer. Uh, Earth is under attack by evil king Mizar. Uh, travel through space, unite your crew, and defeat hordes of large insect enemies right with your intergalactic <laughs> arsenal of weapons. That's my prediction. I swear to God, somebody's <laughs> hiring you to write this. Blessing. You know Phil Spencer doesn't listen to our podcast, right? Seems like you're trying to pitch him on this. Hey, Phil. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to cut this out and tweet, tweet at him. Sh- shoot your shot. You know, you got to shoot Dude, your that's shot. that's what I'm doing. Hire um, me. Do you know that quadruple A studio that got lying around? Let's put it to use. Uh, real quick, um, <laughs> outside of like your dream prediction, is that a franchise that you actually like realistically see them diving back into in the future? No. no. Um, oh, you never know though because they're remaking. I mean, not them, but somebody's remaking thirteen. Um, and like, I feel like you see like random ass games brought back all the time. Um, this is one that I, I don't. Like, like ninety percent will never see 
Jeff Bush Gemini again. But I think there's a good like 10% chance that we could see it again in some sort of way. Um, and if I'm in that timeline, then, you know, God's real. <laughs> you know, there's an alternate timeline where Rare took the Valve approach and releases like an orange box with like new games of their God. franchises, right? <laughs> Imagine there's an that. alternate timeline where you know, like... there's an alternate timeline where Valve actually releases games, Ooh, right? good one. That That's too. a good one. The alternate timeline <laughs> where... where Microsoft doesn't buy Rare, and Rare just continues making games for Nintendo platforms, and Nintendo is now the, is now the dominant console overall. That's definitely a timeline that I wish I existed. <laughs> um, that's it for our show, our predictions podcast for Microsoft. Was it doozy? It was the longest one we've done, clocking in at close to two hours or a little more than that. Uh, thank you, Blessing, for joining us once again this year. It's always a pleasure yeah. to have you back. It's hard thanks to get you... Me. It's hard to have you on the regular podcast, obviously, because you run OK Beast, and we tend to uh, record around the same time, so it's good to have you on any time we can. Uh, if you can, please let the people know where they can find you on the internet. Yeah, of course. You can find me on Twitter at BlessingJr. I make content for OKBeast.com, so check out OK Beast. Uh, we have the OK Beast podcast that comes out every single Monday. Uh, it's news, impressions, comedy. Uh, we just like to have fun on that podcast, and it's like an hour and a half. Uh, every week we aim for an hour and a half usually ends up being like two hours every week but uh check that out uh youtube.com slash okbeast for videos um and yeah um check me out on kind of funny sometime later in the year i think in september i'll be there and so up and cover he won yeah if you're a kind of funny fan oh is it not till september yeah not till september unfortunately um i wanted to like on that coming up i wanted to wait until borderlands 3 came out (laughs) (laughs) and so i could talk about oh so you got to pick yeah, I got to pick. Well, t- like Tim reached out and he was like, "Oh yeah, just like come during a time where like a game you're looking forward to comes out, so you'll be able to give impressions and all that stuff." And I don't know if I get a code or anything like that, but um, yeah, I was like, you know what, Borderlands Three comes out in September, and that's right after PAX, and that's like right into um, Extra Life, so it seems like it could be a fun time to come down and kind of um, uh, use that uh, and, and and be there and make content. So if you're kind of funny fan, uh, check that out and check me out at Blessing Junior, Blessing Jr on twitter it's a great opportunity man i'm really happy for you wait, yeah. when it was announced i was like blessing i need i want blessing to be on this damn thing it's it's really cool and it's a opportunity you've worked for and i'm glad that you got it because you definitely deserve it thanks man. man it's awesome i appreciate it it's it i mean you were you were the first guest we had on this podcast right way back it was like when oh, i think yeah. you were starting the okay beast cast before you merged with alex and them and his dad i think so yeah. it's like it's been a long time um so it's always a pleasure to have you back for E3. Hopefully our dreams come now. true and our predictions. We'll see what happens. Thank you guys for listening. This was the Microsoft Predictions Podcast. They're coming out all week long. We have one for Ubisoft, one for Microsoft, one for Nintendo, and one for Bethesda. Definitely tune into them. Hopefully you tune into E3 as well. We'll be talking about all the announcements, reveals, and disappointments, sadly, afterwards. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Thanks again, Blessing, for joining us. See you guys later.